All right, I think we should probably uh, get this started, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. Justin, do you think it's time to start? It absolutely is. <laughs> how, how are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> uh, doing well-ish. Like, it's starting to slowly feel better, um, but that's like a relative term, so, you know, it still basically feels jacked, but better than it has been. You gonna get to keep it? Yeah, I'm gonna get to keep the leg. I just that's don't know good. how well it's gonna work, which is a little disheartening. I hear you, man. I, uh, I, I've broken both my legs, and, um, I feel your pain, man. Not, like, right now. It doesn't hurt anymore, but it's a real bitch of a place to get injured. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, well, it is the second injury that I have uh, sustained to the same leg, just different kind. So the first time was a really severe hamstring tear that still bothers me seven years mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. And Ooh. now... Uh, that I've jacked up my knee because I'm like favoring it and doing all the things you do when you tear a meniscus uh, it makes my hamstring hurt even worse so oh man the whole thing is is jacked and I'm grumpy as a result but other than that good times you know yeah, that's why I don't leave the house much things like that happen <laughs> that's good it's a good policy yeah it happened in my house though so ah okay well yeah my bad then I should have left First Either time. Way, I... Sorry to hear. Now I know why there's so many deadbeat dads, because my kids ruined me. Absolutely. You can just avoid that situation by uh, skipping town. I know. <laughs> I gotta go to the store for lottery tickets or something. As I understand it, Florida is where deadbeat dads end up. Although, in my brother's case, he, he lives in the mountains here in Colorado. <laughs> I think mine bailed to New Zealand. Fair enough. Yeah. Mine went to Missouri? <clears throat> Misery. Yeah. What's, what's uh, I, I don't know. My, my, my American kind of geography and social kind of knowings aren't that good. The, the states that you haven't heard of are the shitty ones. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and half of the ones that you have heard of are also shitty and they're just infamous. Right. Like Texas. And Florida. <laughs> and Florida. Yeah. Okay. Got ya. Gotcha. A good way to tell actually is to pull up a map, right? And see who they voted for president. <laughs> A good way is to pull up a map and see if they're in the United States. That's true, that's true. What, like, so like, Hawaii? Hawaii's cool. That was a cool one. It is a cool uh, one. You oh. know, it's got mixed reviews, right? Like, it's cool, but it's really expensive, and you don't feel, like, connected to the country, and... That's alright, the country, I mean, like, I, I want to put some distance between me and America right now anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can, we can say that, though, because you, you only hurt the ones you love, and Florida. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds good. Um, and th thanks for thanks for having me here. By the way, you know, and hey, hey, everybody, hey, audience. No, it's an absolute pleasure, man. Like when when Charmer and I were shooting the list of people we wanted to come on the uh, show, uh, number one was definitely uh, Pete Hines. But then then it was you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll Absolutely. take it. Absolutely. Cool. It's uh. It's definitely uh, not surreal is the right word, and cool is a bit. It's not. It's not very descriptive, but that's what I've got. It's cool to be here. It feels good. Yeah. It's cool to have. So if people can't guess from the amazing accent, you know, you want to tell people <laughs> where you're from, and uh, I guess like how you got started in Legends and 
all of the fun, all of that jazz? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so I am from, well, my name is Ray Barker, or Ray Ray Barker. Um, I am from Australia, which is in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, I need, I need to diagram this. <laughs> and I started playing Legends. Um, I've been playing uh, Magic the Gathering for like 25 years or something. Yeah, since I was 26. And uh, one day, uh, PV, or you know, Paula Vitor Damodorosa, wrote an article on Channel Fireball about, about Legends. Um, and I downloaded it, and I haven't played Magic since. Kind of just... What I was doing was, you know, playing Magic Online every day and going to PTQs and GPs and whatever else, and I just... I'm living the same lifestyle, but with a different game that I really, really love. It's... Yeah. I, I don't know if I can necessarily say it's, like, better but yeah let's be honest it's better but, yeah, I, 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 I love it it's one of the reasons i get up in the morning and cool yeah the, com I, the community is great i think better is hard because it's so different um mm. there's a lot of things that are really similar and because of those similarities people will you know make obvious comparisons and and things like that but it really is different because so many of the like core mechanics are different it, it kind of fundamentally changes like right. how it plays I'm... out and what's good in one game isn't necessarily good in another and yeah absolutely i think aggro is well, for me, it, it, my understanding is at least the biggest difference. I think, I think there's so much more play to it, you know? It's not not as much just like, cool, you know, you've got seven cards, etc., and you need to deal 20 damage. You know, there's so much more play to it, and lanes, and you've got to play around prophecies, and yeah, you know, sometimes, most of the time you need to be equipped to, uh, to head into the end game as well. But luckily... Um, Alfred's house car got printed, so that's... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. This is a rare form, a rare game <laughs> where aggro decks draw more cards than every other deck. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about it a lot lately just because there's been a lot of discussions about, like, meta, and there's always that polarizing thing that comes up about how, like, people will say, like, aggro decks are mindless and things like that, but the truth is... You know, when I when I played Magic, I used to certainly think that aggro decks were easier to play than control, and I think that in Magic that is true, because there are, it's not just a fully reactionary playstyle when you play control. Um, there are some difficult decisions to be made. You have things like counter spells. You have resource management, and you have you know, let's be honest, when you're playing like physical Magic, there's the mind games that you don't see in a digital card game, right? There's that subtle. That's true subtle like hover your hand over the islands you know there's that whole mind game of you know somebody plays a card and you say hold on and then you pause for a couple seconds and you say okay i'll allow it and even though you know you might just be bluffing right like there are certain nuances to playing control and magic that matter but they don't carry over as well in a digital card game and they certainly don't carry over in a game like legends where in legends at least in my opinion control 
uh, traditional control anyway is just more a hundred percent they play something I blow it up they play something I blow it up did I live long enough okay I win by inevitability and I think that personally aggro ends up being much more difficult to play when you start thinking about the nuance because it's you know do do I trade in the mirror do I you know when do I abandon the field lane and go shadow you know do I is it worth it to break a rune for one or two damage um, but like there's so many other decisions in this game for aggro that just aren't there in magic And so I think that a lot of that animosity is from like holdovers of magic who are like well, you know Aggro is so mindless and control is so nuanced, but it's not in this game. So I agree. I think I, th I do think that aggro is aggro ag aggro as an archetype is probably the hardest to play in uh, in test legends to be honest with you and I think it has a lower skill floor, perhaps. I think that may be what, um, at least from you know my observations, what maybe might get people's backs up is that you can probably you know just jam stuff and attack with it, and sometimes you get carried by the strength of the deck. You know, I, I gotta I gotta challenge just a little bit. I I think that the deck that uh, is the hardest to play successfully on the ladder is actually that monk deck that you sent me. <laughs> <laughs> the one without sure. a, without a win, without a win condition in it. Yeah, that would be the one. Yeah, yeah. I was actually gonna say that for me, I think that the I think that the non traditional mid range decks have proved to be the most difficult, at least for me, because you have a lot of the decision making required for an aggro deck, but you also have to decide when you're the beat down versus when you're on the defensive. And that like extra layer, um, I find myself like just putting a little bit more thought into, you know, when do I start pushing? When do I have to start the race? You know, I think of like a mid-range deck versus like Prophecy Battle Mage, for example, right? When am I making my value trades versus when is it time to go for the all-in? And so like aggro definitely takes uh, decision making, but I think that there's some merit to like some pretty decent decisions in, in mid-range. Whereas, you know, again, like it's so polar opposite for me in control. I legitimately just, I'm reactive the whole time. I think yeah. that the prophecy system and the runes, uh, the rune system in this game makes knowing when the, when the appropriate time is as a mid-range deck to pivot from reactive to proactive, like super skill testing, right? And, and even with all the information you have, you can make what is in that setting the right situation and still end up losing because you made that decision. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And... Like, I think a lot of, I'm not going to say a lot of people do, but myself, definitely uh, something I have found challenging is getting away from that confirmation bias and trying to focus as hard as I can on on making that right decision, you know? And right, even right. If you're not, say, playing a control deck, but sometimes, well, very often, in fact, you, you know, you're, you're in the control role in a right. matchup or even in, even in a mirror because of how how draws happen or if someone has the ring or doesn't or mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i uh, i spent I the like last that. spent the last couple of days laddering with support mage cuz i need to get my ass out of rank 9 and i made it <laughs> i I'm, i got it to rank 6 just playing one afternoon right. and uh and with that deck i found that uh to beat scout for instance this is an example i think of what you're talking about uh i'm just going face with my hive defenders and stuff yep <laughs> and then i'm winning with the reach that mage runs yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 yeah, like pretty much any pretty much all control decks versus scout. 
it's definitely something I've been exploring as well, like different ways, different different ways to, because you have to, you do have to be the aggressor. You don't have a better late game than them. You have to pressure their life total, right? Um, so they have to use you know soltairs on bats and whatnot instead of. Part you know, the next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, force, yeah, force them to blow their resources on things they don't want to. Uh, and aside, I do feel like, so what I'm finding with that deck is, I'm beating everything right. Uh, pretty pretty consistently, uh, except I, I, I've lost three times now to Rage Archers where I'm putting them in. I've got them into top deck mode. I've got control of the board. I'm like, all right, this is gonna be easy. And then they play Journey to Sovngarde. <laughs> <laughs> I just won a game with that against uh, Support yeah. Crusader. Yeah, yeah. I, I not tech I, I saw coming, and uh, leads me to strongly consider trying out. Uh, the banished card. Le- le- legitimate, <laughs> yeah, legitimately. A half hour before we went live, like yeah. before I said I'm going to get coffee, I had just finished a game where I was playing Control Archer, and I was yeah. against a Control Crusader who was support heavy, which I thought was cheeky and interesting. And we yeah, get, I've been doing that. We get down to uh, he's got eleven cards in his deck, and I have eight in mine. Right. And right. yeah, that's where we were. With he's this like uh, like spamming the emotes because you know he's got a, a better board presence, and he like has made me use all three of my rages, so he thinks that he's like got it. And then I play Journey, and yeah. then I proceed on the next turn to play Baroness into Thieves Guild recruit into right. Assassin from Unglum into Creature, right? And yeah. then. I get what I assume is the only response, which is he just DCs and I get the right. victory. <laughs> he didn't even just DC, man. He he literally destroyed his computer. Like yeah, you like... just you just you just ruined that guy's hobby. You destroyed a paying customer, and you might have actually ruined his life. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, yeah, it's fun fun stuff. But I that, I do that's my experience that when, I, when that card gets played against me, and I'm playing support mage. Yeah. I, I do want to roll back real quick to something that Ray said that <clears throat> I'm a also a big like uh, believer in right and something that comes up often um, and that's like confirmation bias and specifically with the ring so uh, there was uh, an article that was posted on between the lanes about uh, like ramp and uh, unstoppable rage but then in some of the discussions that followed up afterwards, people got back to talking about the ring, right? And like Clockwork, uh, there's a strong camp who firmly believes that the uh, the ring is overpowered. And even though, like, I've been tracking my stats for almost a full year now, because I started mid-December of last year, um, mm-hmm. I routinely find that I have, you know, a slightly higher win percentage going first than second that I would not have guessed... You know, before I definitely would have had that confirmation bias, but then after I started yeah. tracking, um, and I know that other people like Turquoise Link and some of the others have come out and said very similar things. You know that their stats mm-hmm. kind of match the devs. Um, but one of the interesting things, just like in general about confirmation bias, is that I think that um, it also kind of goes back to that whole like recognizing the playstyle, right? Because one of the things that you know, like, uh, so how do I want to bridge this gap, right? Uh, one of the things that commonly comes up is people say, like, okay, well, like, sure, across all matchups, going first might be slightly better, but what about, like, very specific matchups? Which one, I don't think you balance around, but they'll say, like, 
you know, the the old the old traditional standby was like, I wonder what it is with like mid range sorcerer when you have the ring. And yeah, I'm sure that it benefits. Uh, any deck that's a snowball deck is going to benefit from having board position first. Um, but Agramiro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, but that's like the nature of if you just take away, it doesn't matter if it has one charge or three. It's whoever hits the board first, in my opinion. But anyway, like the thing that has actually I've been noticing right as I start thinking about confirmation bias is that whole like recognizing the beatdown so as long as I don't have the ring as long as I just immediately recognize that okay like I'm on the defense and I need to take value trades right and I need like I have that mindset like I just say like okay I'm playing control now um like my win rate's been significantly better Instead of just going like, oh, they have the ring, I lose. Instead of me saying like, okay, I just play my deck differently now and I value things different. I might change my mulligans. I might change the way I contest things. Um, mm-hmm. and Try and leverage that one advantage that you do have, which is cards that they're going to be give you by, give you by attacking. Right. And right. so it's just amazing to me how much like even just like that mental change, instead of falling to my confirmation bias, like drastically changed my output. Yeah, like likewise to be honest, and I I will say that like sometimes, and like with many things that um that are commented on or complained about, you know, like sometimes you know you can play around rage or you can do what you just said, you know, and adapt your playstyle to draws yeah. and whether you're on the play whether you're on the play or draw, and sometimes you lose and there's nothing you can do about it, and right. I mean at le- at least for me like I became a lot happier as a game player when. <laughs> I just came to accept it. It's like, all right, I tried my best, and that happened, and yeah, there wasn't anything I could do about it. There was an like the perfect meme posted on uh, on the Reddit today, uh, where Captain Picard is saying it it is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness. That is life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was 100%. I, I, I thought that was amazing. Yeah, and it's possible to make a ton of mistakes and still win. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too. That's when, um, that's when I go through the motions and un- uninstall, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, another, thing, another thing I think is important to do, because I mean, I released a video about like tilt and like rage a long, quite, quite a while ago. One of the things that I, I, I talked about, and, and I wasn't doing it at the time, but I do now, is like running my, my thoughts, my ideas past other people. Um, like, and Charmer's been great for that for me. Like, he is, uh, he's like a, a steady hand when I'm getting pissed off about something i mean he, i've come around on the well i came around on the ring because i started tracking my stats and i realized he was right and i came <laughs> around i came around on rage on top of rage because he had a persuasive argument for it and i started playing around it instead of just getting pissed um but it can be really good to be part of a community like the subreddit or even just being on twitter and being involved with other people who play the game and, and you know consulting other people about how they feel about it so you get a more objective look at whatever's bothering you with the game for sure I find that when when streaming often, actually, just be like, ah, why did this happen? Yeah, you know what's and, interesting about? Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I think I was I think I was trailing off there. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I mean that's that's a legitimate you know observation. There's plenty of things that uh, you know I've gotten or you know learned or you know, had those epiphanies just because I was streaming and other people will, will point stuff out, right? Like, it's very easy right. to get tunnel vision. Um, it's very easy. Uh, you know what's amazing is it's so easy to win a game and make, you know, it's just like you said, you can make all of those, uh, you know, play mistakes and still win, right? 
and you never remember those games right you only right. remember the ones where like you lose horribly and those are the ones that like impact you but you know between making youtube content and streaming and doing those things like i think that i learn more from my wins now because i'll i'll go through and i'll be like man i totally fucked that up right like it yeah, was yeah. there there are some games that i have won and i'm like legitimately ashamed of myself because i had no business winning it yeah yeah i hear that same and I thought something I need to stop on stream as well is Bill Oak like my opponent will play something uh, you know interesting and be like oh okay cool card when there's no need for that you know like I think it's it's something negative that that I do where it's like being like judgmental or yeah. whatever or getting pissed because like so I used to do it with Scout, for example. Like, why is this person attacking me? Like, they're, they're the control deck here. They definitely have a better late game. All they need to do is chill out, you know? Right. But that's generally still valid as well. And, yeah, I think it is a hard thing to do. But for me, yeah, I was much happier once I kind of chilled out about it and be like, oh, well, you know, they won. And look at my own mistakes and try and focus on those as opposed to what my opponent did, you know? The, thing, yeah. the things, I can, things I can control. Absolutely. I mean, that's just sort of a wonderful life lesson there. Mm. Speaking of my own mistakes, yeah, I'm getting the word from our sponsors is this, that is this about starting. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, is this about starting the podcast? I was like, yeah. you asshole. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the word from our sponsors that uh, we're supposed to, yeah. we're supposed to pay some bills. We gotta eat, man. Yeah. So I think I feel you. I think we gotta take like a, a short break. Um, yeah. Run, run a quick commercial and then and then we'll be right back, gang. So, uh, hang hang tight and uh, enjoy these paid promotions, if you will. Good times. finding yourself unsatisfied with an unsatisfied partner? Is your Daedra feeling weak and inept? Are you living life on a low rock, heading nowhere as fast as you can possibly get there? This used to be all of us. When you head into battle, thinking that you've got an orcish warhammer ready for combat, only to find yourself suddenly wielding an improvised weapon, having to make do? Well, no more. Don't be this guy. Don't be the man down on himself. Because now, for all the men in the world, there's High Rock Summoner, when the only thing that's going to give her lethal is a Bone Colossus. Every year, millions of Tamriel citizens face a reptile dysfunction when their scout deck isn't performing the way they'd like. High Rock Summoner is here because a 7-6 on board is better than a 1-1 in hand. Whether you're taking her to the romantic mountains of High Rothgar, or you're just hanging around a bar in Whiterun, High Rock Summoner is here to support you in every aspect of your life and make you the man you want to be and that she deserves. You should be aware that High Rock Summoner is not approved by the FDA. 
Possible side effects include jaundice, flame atronach, suicidal thoughts, storm atronach, diarrhea, frost atronach, and death. Dark rebirth may increase these risks. Ask your doctor if High Rock Summoner is right for you. Don't settle for an average summon. Be rock hard with High Rock Summoner. Alright. Good times, man. Yeah, Oof. good stuff. I got some really specifically targeted advertisements lately. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, uh... I was about to say. <laughs> they really know our audience. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, dude, I, 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 I'm not gonna lie, like, I was thinking about this on the ride home from work, I was like, I have like 700 dick jokes that I can make using Legends cards and double entendres. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, it was hard for me to just pick pick one. There are yeah, so many. Like, yeah. For real. But I mean, you know, uh, improvised weaponry. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, improvised yeah, improvised, improvised weapons, okay. You can, you can fetch it with Goblin Skull, it triggers Swindler's Market. Like, it's true, it works well with Unstoppable Rage. And frequently. Exactly. Warhammer turns into an improvised weapon. You, you got a little bit of that unstoppable rage when she laughs at you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you're, uh, you know, a U.S. senator, the good thing about an improvised weapon is it has breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh, it's so dark. No, yeah. it's good. It's good. We need to get the stuff out of the hands of U.S. senators. Jesus, lately. I mean, come on. Yeah. We need to give yeah. we need to give them curse or that new weakness card. <laughs> That'd be a jewel on top of the world. Oh. <laughs> pretty great. That'd be pretty great. <laughs> so I know that this week we kinda wanted to do a look back at Heroes of Skyrim, but I figure we should like at least do a quick coverage on the cards that were released this week. Absolutely. Right? I like am, we should get that. I am down. Um, I think, looking at the list, uh, based on our last podcast, that the last one we covered was what, Rift and Lawkeeper? <clears throat> I think Reconstruction Engine. Um, uh, no, I think we covered Reconstruction Engine maybe as well. If not, then we can start there. I thought Reverberating Strike was the last new card we talked about. Where, where, are, you, where are you looking at them? Um, I was looking at the like chronological uh, chronological list on Reddit. Um, I just we, remember I just remember trying really hard not to make fun of just a lazy gamer last week. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, well, cause I've, he, ne I've never had that issue. Yeah, because he's uh, he's the one who debuted Daring Heist, and that card is trash. Really? <laughs> yeah. You think Daring I, Heist is I, trash? I can't think. I can't think of any connection. Yeah, I, I actually do think that it's trash. I think that... I don't know, um, man. It he, says draw two cards. It, like says, <laughs> it says draw two cards, right? Yeah. But it it doesn't do anything else for you, and it's too conditional. Now, I understand that yeah. Crusader's Assault is a class card, right? So it's hard to compare the two on power level. But yeah. at a minimum, that's plus two damage when you're swinging, right? That's true. Like, mm -hmm. at a minimum... Whereas yeah, this so doesn't utility. doesn't provide reach. It has yeah. uh, a magicka cost, and it requires you to already have a pretty significant board presence. So, yeah. I mean, divination. Um, this is not obviously, but like, I, I 
I don't know, man. I I just I got to go back to it. it says draw two cards. <laughs> I mean, it, it does, there's, but there's it's two also... ways I look at it. No, you go, you go. I was gonna say it's also in an attribute that already has plenty of other things that let you draw cards, right? Like agility already wasn't hurting for card draw to begin yeah. with, in my mind. So I don't know no, that's why. True. Bodies attached too, usually. <laughs> right, right. That's true. You know, like, there's a lot of setup cost on this. I look at it through like quadrant theory, where it's like you know early, late. Uh, ahead right. behind it's not good early uh it's i suppose it can be okay late if you know again if you've fulfilled that setup cost when you're ahead uh yeah i guess it kind of it, it does reward you for being ahead um and not so much when you're behind because you don't really want right. to be spending magicka to not affect reward yeah. yeah that's the way i look at it the it's... deck that i the one deck that i i think i want to try it out in is uh, Market Archer. I feel like these are easy conditions to meet, yeah. and Market Archer is always greedy for cards. I was just going to say, to me, I, I think it only ever belongs in two decks, um, and I think it's very situational. And I think that Market Archer, maybe, I think it will take some testing, though, because three is already like a pretty big cost for that deck. Yeah, that's um, true. And then the other one is potentially like Token Monk, and it's a, it's a card that... Because here's the thing, you're not developing the board realistically. Like, if you're playing this, you're saying, okay, instead of a creature, I want to refuel, right? So, in yeah. terms of timing, it's a, like, you play this the turn before you expect to get ice stormed, right? Like, you don't develop board, you just say, okay, what I have is hopefully enough to keep pressuring. I'm going to instead swing, play this, and try to refuel, <laughs> for, like, before they ice storm and then, like, reload. But that's like so again like it's so situational and kind of niche that i think it's hard yeah super narrow and it's not uh like he's not a control card because you don't want to be attacking your opponent right yeah that's definitely true <clears throat> so yeah and i uh, like and in token monk for example like magicka and having it in your deck is not the only cost because it reduces the efficiency of resolute ally as well uh, I, yeah, I, uh... That's true. That's true. Wrong, I mean, and, and Resolute Ally is, like, it, part of the reason you run that deck in the first place. Right. Yeah, card's insane. Yeah, so, yeah. again, to me, it's just so... I don't know. I, I it, There might be something that we haven't seen that makes it better. Um, but, like, you don't want to play it early. I mean, it's just like Ray said. You don't want to play it early. At, you know, at three costs, you don't want to play this over Pit Lion, right? You don't want to play this over resolute ally on those turns you're trying to be aggressive so like it's a three drop that you don't play on three that also requires setup that you only play when you're ahead so yeah but it says draw two cards <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does like don't get me wrong i will test this a lot probably yeah. in those decks you mentioned um yes. i guess and another way that i like to analyze new cards would be in a binary way, like does it fit into an existing deck, or does it um, does it enable a new a new deck or a new archetype? Which, yeah, I'm not. I don't think it does. The, the, the former, we'll see. The latter, yeah, mm. I agree. Yeah. Well, yeah, it does worth, have a cool Argonian on it. I like. It's that. worth pointing out actually, like that. It seems as a whole, the cards we've had revealed so far aren't like build around cards, right? Like. There so, are cards that so prop far. up like tier three archetypes, right? I, that you know we've only seen thirty-one cards, but uh, there are cards that I think prop up decks that could use some more gas. But there's nothing like Altar of Despair 
or uh, Unstoppable Rage or that Cauldron Lady yeah. from that made the support deck work. <laughs> I was gonna say I I, th I say so far because to me I think that there are two two things that have the potential, but we haven't seen enough to fully know. I think that right. uh, the combination of treasure. Uh, map and certain treasure hunters could certainly spawn a deck art Tre type. Treasure and, map is uh, definitely one of them. And the fat totem deck. Yeah. that we and haven't slivers. seen a, a ton of yet, right? Like both of <laughs> right. those I think could, we just need to see more. I agree. Sure. And yeah, like I'm look I'm certainly looking forward to trying them all. Like new cards is is amazing. Yeah. Like something that I think I am wowed by every day is for, for a ccg there's actually a pretty small card pool but there are so many decks yeah and absolutely i yeah, don't think that the the difference between um in, in viability between the best deck and the worst deck is is, is that large definitely good we talked about this last week a little bit how like there's virtually no filler you know like there aren't cards that are never going to see play, uh, for the most part. There's Gerald Forager, and there's stuff that's just, like, Stri too strange. Strictly worse other cards. Right. But beyond that, like, you can play almost all these cards in certain situations and have them be really good. Yeah. I think that speaks a little bit to the pedigree of people who are building the game, right? You know, like, we've all played Magic. We all know some of the big names in Magic. Um, <clears throat> a lot of those guys are designing these cards. <laughs> Sure. sure. They have the, one, the benefits. one of the things that drew me to the game, to be honest. Right, same here. I mean, they have, I think it's incredibly well designed. They have the benefit of standing on the shoulders of the giants who designed Magic. And frankly, Hearthstone, for that matter. They've managed to avoid a lot of the mistakes that that game makes. Yeah, and Magic Online as well. Yeah. <laughs> Magic Online is a trash can fire. But you know what? I, I, I will say, like, yeah. I, I, still, I still get involved in the Phantom Drafts on there when they do uh, cube drafts and flashback drafts and stuff because like where vintage else am i gonna get to do that vintage absolutely i love vintage cube the cube drafts are what i do there yeah they're, yeah they're, re they're really good and i mean that's that's the, that's the the game that's on it that's the only reason people play it like right. no one plays it because it's because it's a great ui or right or w wonderfully programmed i will say i do own one magic online deck and that is uh Lantern control in modern. <laughs> You're an animal. I know, yeah. dude. Sometimes people complain, I just have to people complain about Scout or Unstoppable Rage or anything like that. Be so grateful that no prison decks exist yeah. in in Legends. I think like maybe support control is probably the closest that can come to that. Like actually establishing a soft lock where right. some right. decks can't right. do yeah, anything to get out of it. Yeah. yeah. Killing everything that comes down, drawing one of their cards and one of yours. Yep. Yeah. That's probably why thing. it appeals to me so much. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, but it's not unfair. Like, there's a lot of, no. lot of support removal. There's a lot of ways to. It's also like if if that deck were to become too popular, it would be one of the easiest decks in the meta to hate out. <laughs> yeah. Part of me exactly. wonders if, because again, we know looking back that, our our good buddy the. The original Dragon Priest got nerfed because Alduin was coming, right? Poor Nakri. Right. Part of me right. wonders if the other reason that we went from six supports to four wasn't the mobile client, like it sometimes claimed, but if that was yeah. a, a secret nerf. Hmm. 
Well, I can see I, was, I wasn't around for that. Like, what, what, what was the nerf there? Like, this is this is some of the stuff that I've always wondered yeah, about and we, would love to I, I have access to this. It was like February, maybe February yeah. or March. Yeah, I was gonna say, you used like, to be able to have. I was good. I was gonna say, which one was he asking about the nerf, not green or the supports? Well, the support both, nerf, I suppose. <laughs> they were around the same time. No, actually, not green was way before that. I think yeah, green was like right after we entered open beta. Yeah, I feel like Nocreen was December-ish, yeah. like right around Madhouse time, but right. Nocreen used to cost 10, and yep. it was a 5-5, but his text was different. He said, right. draw a card, and then play any card in your hand for zero, which is far <laughs> different from draw a card, and that's card's cost becomes zero, because it meant with the ring, uh, at 9 Magicka, you were playing Nocreen into Odaving, which was a really big deal in just the core set. Yeah, and that was that was the what you had to that was the bar you had to beat because Control Mage last fall was the deck to beat. Yeah, if people um, are complaining about the meta right now, then I urge you to go look at September of 2016, right? Because there were only three decks, and yeah. one of them got beat consistently by the other two, but it was only played because people didn't have collections. So if you were oh, a yeah. free to play player, you played Token Spell Sword. And if you yeah. were anybody else, you played Archer or Control Mage. And that was it. Yeah. Right. And the backbones yeah, of any of card of those, is that's insane. The backbones of all those cards of those decks have been nerfed like repeatedly. Like Multiple Divine times. Divine Fervor was cost four. Um that was nerfed Madness. to five. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's still in, still insane. Yeah. Triumphant Jarl was nerfed like three times so was solaris marshall solaris marshall got nerfed in fact like, like everything times. in that deck was uh moonlight werebat was nerfed um kinsman four three house kinsman was nerfed yeah kinsman used to be a three three moonlight werebat was a four three four three yeah okay. um solaris so marshall here here's the fun one solaris marshall pillage was nerfed used to cost five and if you yeah. had the health lead you could play a creature for six or less for free yeah. from your hand so, like, if you had the ring and the health lead, which was pretty easy to do back when everyone played Kinsmen because they were 3-3s. Three um, yeah. If you had the ring and the health lead on turn four, you could play, like, Solrus Marshall, Solrush Marshall into Jarl, and then yeah. draw two cards to refill your hand. Yes. And they were that all four fours, so you couldn't Ice Storm to clear them. Right. So, yeah, that kind of snowballing is... Yeah, it was dumb. And, and then burn and in, and burn in, and pillage, in, in this game system, yeah. Yeah, Burn and Pillage used to cost six, but it hit everything on your opponent's side, not just a lane. Right. That's madness. And in Control Mage, <laughs> Nakreen was nerfed um, to, to Oblivion. That card's not yeah. playable anymore. Manticora uh, used to Manticora, hit any lane. Yeah, Manticora could hit any lane. Uh, Harpies um, were two twos. Yep, Harpy was a two two. Elusive Schemer was a four one. Yep. Um, Brilliant Experiment used to cost two, so you could play Manticora and right. then experiment it to make an immediate copy before your opponent could respond. And that's not even including the nerfs to both of those decks, Archer and Mage, that came at the end of Closed Beta. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, Closed Beta, Firebolt used to go face. Right, right, right. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fact, wow. in Closed Beta once, I got Lethal playing an Action Mage deck uh, because uh, Crystal Tower Crafter was a 2-2. Two -two. Um, by I, my opponent was at three. I had firebolt in hand. I firebolted myself, broke my own rune, triggered prophecy, hit lightning bolt, killed my opponent. <laughs> wow, that's. I think those are good changes. They sound like yeah, like yeah, pretty, pretty well changes. thought out and like you know slight slight um, 
taking the health taking oh, health uh, down or power down you know just one that's subtle but pillaging tribune yeah. used to say when when he entered play all other creatures in that lane got drain so that's for true. control mage they used to be able to gain back like 15 life at a time yeah madness oh uh, that that this should, all, this should be recorded the... somewhere like this you know the kind of yeah, yeah. A, so a the... narrative so the lane so change again. cats were nerfed too out of out of Archer. Um, the two Khajiit that changed lanes didn't used to have to be played in the lane of the creature you were moving, so you could just move everything to the shadow lane. <laughs> yeah. Which ones? Yeah, uh, the Dune Smuggler and the three one with Prophecy. Ah. Uh, so right, right, the way that they used to work was like I'll play Mornhold Trader in Field Lane, right? You respond yeah. with like Fighters Guild Recruit. I'll play Dune Smuggler in the Shadow Lane and pull the traitor to him. So now I've right. completely abandoned, but now I have like a much bigger presence there and my traitor is buffed, right? Like you could just abandon a lane and move right. everything. So now it pushes instead of pulls. Yes. Yeah, ah. exactly. And I think the cool. last card that was nerfed out of those decks was um, Snake Tooth Necklace used to permanently give a creature drain instead of just that turn. Yeah, that was also a good a change. And everyone stopped, and no one complains about Snake Tooth Necklace anymore. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Although yeah. there were a lot of complaints about uh, about the nerf to that card when it happened. Yeah, there was a lot of complaints about it, saying that they had killed it and so on and so forth. It was kind of funny, but yeah, yeah. like and they were if, right. If if you if you really like for the people who are like I hate this meta and blah blah blah, like I don't think that they just legitimately know. You know, they, they can't be players who played in September of 2016. Like, that's all I can say, because that was horrendous. Right. And I oh, loved Taz, it back then. <laughs> Tazcat also cost eight. Yeah, Tazcat used to cost eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, they all sound pretty reasonable. Like, the one that I hear from, I, I suppose, more moderate or tempered reactions would be the Supreme Atromancer. That, that was yeah. unnecessary. At least, at least at the time that it occurred. Well, yeah, I mean, th see, what's so funny about it is, like, everything was so broken back in September of 2016, and really all the way at, kind of up through December, that mm. old Supreme Atromancer never even saw play, right? Yeah. Like, try right. to imagine a world where the nine-cost Atromancer that used to be, like, the ubiquitous finisher didn't even see play because it wasn't good enough. Right. What, yeah. what did like it, what what kind of, what kind of decks are we talking about? Like it was Archer and Control Mage. Archer killed you before you got to play Atro, and Control Mage could gain so much life and had so many clears that right. the Atromancer didn't matter. Because again, uh, Pillaging Tribune let you gain back like health in fifteen chunks, so like a little bit didn't matter. And then because Manticora used to be able to drop in one lane and then shoot into the other. Like, you could hit the 3-3 three, three body, drop your Manticora in front of one of the 5-3s, like, in the other lane, and then trade mm -hmm. with whatever was in the field lane. And, like, yeah. like it was just madness. It was so insane how good old Control Mage used to be at just being oppressive all of the time. The, the two, like, Tier 2 decks that a lot of people played were Action Assassin and Action Mage. Okay. Um, and that was just because they wanted something different. Right. And that's and, and because like... they could steal games. I mean, like they had so much reach. Oh yeah, health potion used to be one Magicka too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that's a... was it. Was it better than it is now? It, it, it was, was, it was played. Potion? It, it was played. Yeah, okay. health potion got played a bunch back then because at one Magicka, 
it was pretty inconsequential to just hold it till you got down to like 12 life so you've drawn like three cards from runes and yeah. then you could drop like shimmering peddler which used to yes. be one of your draw engines uh back then like and then it was easy to like peddler firebolt something and you know gain some of your health back and then oh hey i've like drawn cards and jumped up a bunch right like it was I mean, it was played in action mage which was like ostensibly an egg an aggro deck it was like a burn deck and it was just played in there because it was a one cost card that didn't require a target that you could use with lalandra hex mage well because there's these um there's like flashback like they had drafts as well but they also have like constructed events where right um yeah they have like eight decks from a standard format yeah past or whatever i think i'm not sure if it's the kind of thing that will ever happen but i, oh, yeah. I would i would i would play that for sure where it's like uh you know, playing a meta from, you know, a year ago or whatever with different versions of cards just to... I like that. I mean, A, for fun, and B, you know, to to, to get perspective on how things work. I agree. Yeah. That would be cool. It would be a fun, like, weekend gauntlet. Like, play the, play the original release. Here's... Right. Everybody <laughs> has access to the full card pool, so you don't have to, like, have it in your collection, right? Just, like, here, go wild, build something. Yeah. Right. I wonder if anything, if, if things would be the same. I think they would even be worse because you'd have more experienced people to like fine tune it even worse than what right. it was. Because the only thing that held things back back then was that people had some pretty limited collections, you know? So like yeah. there wasn't thorough testing. Yeah, people yeah. like it, things were so bad that people were looking at what I was doing to see what they should be playing. <laughs> oh, like they had, it took months for people to figure out that I was intentionally playing like the worst cards I could win with. <laughs> yeah. All right, I, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear that. That's good. I I, I wish that um, I, I like it when when people who, what's the way to to say it? People who get influential content creators you know uh <laughs> play bad stuff and people copy bad stuff as well i think that i think that's rad <laughs> it's it's interesting or, or fun stuff fun stuff yeah. you know yeah, yeah let's, let's call, we'll call it fun stuff i uh, uh good yeah you go well there was okay so back then legends was paying popular hearthstone streamers to play the game um and stream it you know and one day they play, they paid Kalento to play. And so he's going through the collection. He puts together Action Assassin. And I happened to hop onto the ladder with uh, Ramp Sorcerer. <laughs> just this, like, this just, like, awful, awful deck, right? With, like, like Firebolts at the one drop, uh, Shrieking Harpies at the two drop, and then a whole bunch of expensive cards. And uh, we played against each other this, like, 25-minute long game, right? And... Uh, Afterwards, uh, I think not like one out of five games was was ramp, was ramp sorcerer for a few days for me. <laughs> like awesome. this, just completely horrible deck <laughs> with great with, with with great power, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. But, do you think this format is like sold? You know, air quotes. Like, do you think I, I've, something I've been trying to do is when streaming, particularly, is kind of explore cards that. I don't think have seen as much shine as yeah. as I think they have. I mean, that's mainly just playing Heroic Rebirth in, in support decks. Um, <laughs> but other stuff as well. Like, do, do you think there's anything that that you thought was gonna was going to be good and hasn't, or 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 the opposite? Well, that is the perfect segue into what we wanted to actually talk about tonight. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, All about it. <laughs> I mean, well played. To answer the first question, <laughs> thank you. I don't think any format is ever fully solved. Yeah, I agree with like, that. Like, I yeah. just, I just don't believe in in that because if if it gets solved and then everybody starts playing one thing, then there's going to be something that beats that one thing. Like the best, the best example I can give is like back when I played Magic competitively. Um, right when Mirrodin block hit and everybody was playing Affinity, I was going to a regionals tournament and I was like, I expect 50% of the field to be Affinity. So I built uh, a version of 12 post tooth and nail at the time that mm -hmm. was like with its sideboard, just like almost couldn't lose to Affinity. And I ended like up going... Fracturing Gust or like uh, something like... No, it was literally... It, it was like... It was like Oxidizes and Viridian Shaman and like, no joke, I can't tell you how many games I won just to play Tooth and Nail to find two Viridian Shaman. Like that's, okay. it was just, that was what the deck was built to beat. And I remember I went 5-0 and against Affinity and then like I lost a couple of games like White Weenie or just things that you weren't expecting to see, you know? Yeah. But like, I remember thinking, you know, Affinity's the boogeyman and everyone thinks that it's a problem and yet here... I found a way to reliably beat it, and that carried over, um, I think it was like during Onslaught block when Goblins was like the boogeyman. I remember I also built like this mono black control monstrosity, because my buddy Zach only played Goblins, and it was the same thing. Like, I, I could smash that, and then go like 50-50 with other decks, and that was just good enough, right? And so I don't think that any format is ever fully solved. Um, mm -hmm. Because things should be like ebb and flow, right? It's it's a reactionary thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, and there's even, I mean, kind of new decks popping up to an extent. Like, yeah. obviously, obviously, the monthly cards have, uh, right. you know, they invigorated certain archetypes, um, and I think that, that I think I think we'll, we'll definitely see a lot of that with. With, with the new set coming in, but that, yeah. that is that is something that I'm particularly interested in. Like, what's 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 a good example of that? I mean, maybe I think heroic rebirth. Like, I, I, and I won't I won't talk about it too much. Don't don't worry. But no, you're fine. And it, that, it's not even a heroes of Skyrim card. But I genuinely think that in a support deck, like having and having access to an unlimited supply of legends is actually pretty damn good. Like, yeah. Yeah, I actually think, I can I can totally see it. Yeah, I was gonna say I actually think that like the card in, has the potential. Like if you're going with the Crusader version instead of the support mage version, and you're running like raiding party to feed stuff into your hand or whatever, I think it's entirely yep. viable and legit. The only reason I'll never play it is I'm staunchly against heroic rebirth as a card. I ranted against it when it was printed, and I still don't like it now. So, are you sure because you're not upset the, ran that... the random aspect of it? Uh, yeah, it's because it's. Like, I, I start to get upset when there's anything that is, like, even on the cusp of competitively viable that has too many permutations to plan for. Like, I'm okay with variance and randomness in a controlled sense. Like, you know, Blood Magic Lords, you know exactly, you know, off the top of your head what their options are, what the percentages are, right? Like, that yeah, I can live with. Four. But when you talk about a card like Heroic Rebirth, um, you know, where you're talking you know, 30, 40 potential outcomes, it's only going to get more and more as more cards get printed, then, mm -hmm. like, it 
it starts to get frustrating when you're trying to play around it because there is no way to make like the good decision right like to me it takes like the skillful decision making out of it sure and like it's the same reason like you want to you want to tilt me right if you want to if you're trying to stream snipe me and you're trying to tilt me right off right off the ladder uh play, dream of it. play a deck with balmora <laughs> spymaster like there's you not know, a card not a, not a fan no there's not a card that tilts me harder than balmora spymaster even if everything goes my way that thing can spawn mud crabs and o3 guards all day long still fucking hate it i hate balmora spymaster and everything it stands for yeah i've i think my most common thing from that Probably tied between Nordfire Brand and Mirak. <laughs> I think, uh, and I'm and I'm okay with that. But like, I mean, I, I, yeah, I played I played in gimmicky decks. But like, there's something like so. Halfinger Marauder or or um, or Merrick, for example. You know, I think that there is there's a ton of variance there. But I think that you play it because it's powerful and the average is okay. You know, like the, the average that you get from it or even even the low rolls are, yeah. are generally pretty good well and i think the reason for me personally that i have less problems with those is because the items are they're either going to give you bonuses of stats or they're going to give you bonuses of stats and do something and in all of the cases at least currently the and do something is like a a reasonable effect it might be a silence it might be a shield break with the exception of like a rare dawnbreaker when you have something on the board for the most part it's just going yeah, to yeah that's brutal yeah that like that's brutal but like for the most part with the merricks and the marauders it's not doing anything that's like expanding somebody's board position and it's not doing anything that you like that a that a piercing javelin won't still solve or that a you know a dawn's wrath won't still solve you know what i mean like it's just a yeah. it exacerbates an existing condition whereas belmore spymaster like if I had, if I had a dollar for every time that thing like, you know, turns into a Manticora that kills my creature <laughs> and you know put something there, or like I've lost games because it was shocking Wamasu, but that was as good as Manticora. Or um, sure. I had somebody spawn like a Spider Daedra and then um, like silence their own spider danger or whatever and like just all sorts of weird shit from fucking belmora spymaster <laughs> that, yeah, like, like yeah, you're not gonna hold on mundestone gets me like that to be honest Mundestone, yeah, mundestone is my number one hated card yeah mundestone Same. will tilt me but Same. at least then i know that it's like a one in seven or less chance right like it do do i hate that it's gonna hit charge every time it needs to hit charge absolutely but at least i can accept it i can say okay they've played charge stone and that's what it is like i can plan yeah. for that that is something that is in a a reasonable expectation i literally like if somebody plays belmora spymaster and i have to open another tab and go okay legendsdex.com what's the card that's gonna fuck me the most and i have to go through hundreds of options like i have a problem with that and I, I like I know it's irrational and I get it, but like I just <laughs> have this inherent I have this inherent hate for like that card more than anything else. But also heroic rebirth is in the same vein, just because I think that for me, like it's hard to pick like an exact sweet spot, right? But I I would say that yep. anything more than like if I had to gut check it, right? Anything more than like a one in ten chance um, starts to feel a little rough, right? Like, because even if you have like 20 options, right? Like, do I really want this to be like a roll of D20, right? And, and crit 
Like, am I playing D and D, or do I want? I like I like variance. I think variance is inherent to card games, and that's what allows you to make skillful decisions. But if if you take it too much to the extreme, you take the decision part out. Dude, yeah. this I is guess, like I, I guess that week. with Mundestone, it's willingly like someone willingly introducing that yeah. amount of variance, and like I I imagine it can't feel good to win because of it. And it feels like shit to lose to lose. It to does it. feel like shit to lose to it. I, I gotta I gotta back up here a second. The charmer, you sound an awful lot like I did last week when I was talking about Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the difference is, is I can show you right on the doll where Belmore Spymaster touched me. So, damn, damn. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I, I'd love to see. Like, I think there's there's YouTube content there. You know, like. Top right. ten times I got fucked over by Balmora Spymaster. Go I mean, that's the, what. Go through the vods. I honestly believe that's why that card, uh, Mundestone, um, Echo of Akatosh. I think that's the reason those cards were designed is highlight reels. Oh yeah, R- Royal Sage is right there. You know, Royal Sage yeah. unfortunately is a competitively playable card. <laughs> I, I know. Like, I, I that's my like problem. Five hundred spots with it last night. Yeah. Yeah. The card's pretty good, but the, I think it's kind of like. Halfinger Marauder in the sense that, you know, like, it yeah. doesn't really matter that, you know, it's not like you want X creature to get X keyword specifically. It's more that it is something that, that gives you board, it gives you gives you something else on the board, and yeah. gives something gives it gives all your other stuff something, you know? So the one the one caveat I'll stick there though is that with Halfinger Marauder, the items are only going on creatures that have already attacked. Whereas with something like Royal Sage and by extension Mundestone, you can give charge. So like the number of times I've won a game because I dropped two creatures and then Royal Sage late game and then two of my three creatures got charge. Like that's that is something that is like a better board state than what previously was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. What what about Jazago? Jazago's fine because it's not playable. Well, it's fine because it's not playable, but also, like, to me, Look, that's, that, that's within the, the Blood Magic Lord realm, and it's also a unique legendary. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I feel the like, same way. I, actually, I, I like I like Juzago, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I'm looking at my premium Juzago. I sometimes play it in mid-mage, and it's like... Yeah. I think there is some... There's, there's play to it, you know. You have to think like, okay, can I afford to play this now? Like, if I, if I deal two to them, yeah. uh, great. If it deal, if it gives all my creatures two keywords, boom. If it <laughs> goes five to face for both of us, that kind of sucks. Sixty-six yeah. percent. Yeah. I like those odds. Let's do this. Yeah, it's, it's also a. And here's the other thing, right? So not only is it like Blood Magic Lord, where if I'm the person playing against Jazargo. Like, mm-hmm. I at least know what spells are available. And then even yeah. if I go, okay, let's assume the worst, and he gets, like, the keyword one, and that's the one that's going to fuck me, right? Like, I, I, know that, I know that that's, like, a one-shot deal, right? Where with Mundestone, like, if, if you don't have the support removal or you don't have the answer right away, like, you know that every time they play something, like, you, you're asking for trouble, right? Like, the Skaven that gets lethal, the Odaving that gets drained, the whatever that gets charged like there's so many ways that that card just casinos you like it should be casino stone as far as i'm concerned yeah, yeah. it's yeah it's not it's not fun i've like i think that i my attitude has changed towards it because 
my hatred for it was so unhealthy just for me <laughs> for, for, for me personally for my Dude, own I, mental health to be like I you know understand. like you start you start a game with someone yeah. it's like all right cool you know say the hello emote you know do it back it's like, okay great you know like we're just playing some games here lovely you know like turn four comes down they slam it it's like eyes narrow hit mute it's like, why would why would you do this you bastard like <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but. you know, it's like it's like you're sitting down to play magic at your local comic shop and the guy introduces himself and you shake hands and you're like, alright, we'll have a good game. And then like on turn three it's starting to get warm and he rolls up his sleeves and he's got like a swastika tattoo and you're like, No, fuck this guy. You know, like <laughs> Hey, hold on, I played that I played magic with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he but you knew going in and you had no choice. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, Ray. I, I learned to play Magic in prison. <laughs> ah, did you? That's yes, cool. Yes, I did. Yeah. We, I learned, we would cut I learned to play Magic in Brisbane, which is kind of a similar thing. Right. I mean, like, it's probably very similar. <laughs> Australia would, is like an entire continent of prisoners, right? Isn't that the way it works? Uh, pretty much. Nice. Pretty much. Dude, I was watching this... Uh, so I was on Nef- watching Netflix with Sandra. We were watching the show about like wacky nature things, and there's this golf course somewhere in Australia. And I, I, I'm putting you on the spot, speaking for all Australians here. Uh, there, there's this golf course where there are sharks in the water hazards, right? And yeah. uh, I thought this was just like this was perfect because this was exactly what I kind of expected from Australia. <laughs> and this yeah. is uh, it's amazing. What it's, that's what it's like. Like it wouldn't just be one. I don't know why they would focus on one. That's pretty a pretty common thing. Like surviving to adulthood in Australia is a feat yeah. in itself. Like, I, I got family in Australia, and they always crack me up. They're they're like, yeah, we got the spider that's like a black widow back home, but like there's two in your house before it's even built, and yeah. they're like, you know, my my cousin, unfortunately, he's passed away now uh, from Sorry, cancer, you? but he used to tell me all the time, like. Yeah, I was mowing my yard and like I ran over four snakes and like three of them were venomous enough to kill me. I guess I should pay better attention or something, you know, and just like all mm. the time, just like the most horrific, like couldn't go outside today because of the birds were attacking people's faces. And I was like, what? Yeah, this, I don't know if they have them in in the States or you know wherever, because I'm not particularly worldly. Um, <laughs> but the, so well, there's like four or five birds that do it, but the one that particularly terrorized my childhood was the magpie yeah um and i i used to go play nintendo 64 at my friend's house and one summer this magpie built a nest in between locations a and b and i (laughs) couldn't be friends with that person anymore like (laughs) go to walk to their house and this terrifying pterodactyl of a fucking thing shit out of me and I run home crying and my mom's like what's wrong I'm like magpie like, eh, it's magpie season not like you know that's an isolated incident they're just goddamn everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah I mean we have them in the Sorry. states I, I love that la- season is like that's like lasts for six months yeah I can't I can't speak for for Justin but here in the state that I live and I, I live in Michigan it's the one that's shaped like a mitten and so like here we don't really have a whole lot of things that we worry about because our winter kills everything like the the biggest thing you have to worry about in michigan is suicide because we get so little sunlight and it's just shit all year round and so like people just kill people in my estate 
Ah, okay. Yeah, we there's uh, it definitely happens here, but uh, yeah, we don't have we don't really have guns and stuff. Right. Like that got that got shut down a while, a few decades ago. Good, good move. I mean, I, I support yeah. That. I mean, it was the it was it was like the one good thing that uh, one of the more conservative kind of dynasties uh, yeah. of, of of prime ministers did in recent memory. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's like his one good thing. Got rid of guns. Yeah. So I live in uh, just to give you a little info inside about where I live. I, I live in uh, Denver, which is in the Rocky Mountains, right in the the western mid part of the country. And it's winter about six months here. I'm, you know, I'm my elevation's over a mile high here, so nice. It, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. you're, in, you're in the mile high club. Yes, literally every day. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, now that I'm using high rock male enhancement more, more, more often than it used to be. Anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Were there, were there any other? Um, I just realized that that's like a super sharp segue <laughs> I was gonna be like, were there any other new cards that uh kind of piqued your interest um it's it's funny you should mention because they just revealed uh murderous magpie <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh shit yeah it's, it's kind of like skyrim in that sense where just things attack you as you're walking from <laughs> white run to brisbane you know that's funny yeah so uh yeah i mean of the stuff that was revealed recently um i think weakness is interesting i think uh mechanar's will is interesting i really like barrow stalker and even though i don't think it's good i'm dying to play reconstruction engine in silent spell sword yeah look Re i reconstruction think engines. barrow is stalker that... is the most powerful card they've revealed so far the vampire right yeah 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 same i think that uh I think it makes like kind of slower warrior decks. I think I think it makes them a bit more viable. And yes. same with um, sorcerer. Like it's right. it's pretty much had a weakness uh, of having early guards and also ways to you know to either just drain or or yeah. heal in general. And I think that uh, Barrow Stalker helps with both. Barrow, uh, warrior control is exactly what my first thought was with this, right? Like, yeah. right now, warrior control decks run things like uh, Protector of the Innocent, um, Windkeep yep. Spell Sword, you know, and, and Barrow Stalker, I think, is superior to both of those in every way. Yeah. In that I think, situation. I think, yeah, I think aside from having Prophecy for um, right. Protector of the Innocent, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of Control Warrior, and same here. Yeah. I've got a deck list. It's just forty-seven cards, just waiting, waiting to slot this in. <laughs> nice. To be honest, yeah, yeah, because it's it's decent already. I think. Um, yeah. I think but. that the, uh, I think that the the thing that is probably missing for a lot of people, like if you look at Barrow Stalker and you're thinking, like, I don't understand why this is as good as some people say it is. It's it's because it's good in both phases of the game, and for an early drop, that's really important. Like, when you look at your mm. really powerful two drops in the game, it's yeah. things like Wardcrafter that is good on two, and it's good on ten, right? Yeah. Or you look at something like even Fighter's Guild Recruit. Uh, you know, even if it didn't have Prophecy, it would probably still see play, because if you need it early, it's a good speed bump, and if you need it late, it's still a good speed bump that has the potential to trade up. Now, yeah. Barrow Stalker doesn't yeah, have that trade-up potential, but it does have 
the ability to be that speed bump early if you need it, but if you do draw it late, it threatens the ability to gain health and let you stabilize, right? So you can yep. throw it in, a, in an open lane and then force your opponent to deal with it less you gain health. Or in the case of like Warrior, it's, you know, maybe you don't have that Night Shadow ready to go with your Unstoppable Rage, but Barrow Stalker and this for nine is is better than nothing, right? So absolutely, um, it's it's just enabling uh, decks while also being good in both phases of the game, which is usually uh, like a hallmark of a really good two drop. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I think that it's it's very it's very unassuming, you know. Don't get me wrong, and it could turn it could turn out to be crap, but in yeah, particularly Sorcerer and Warrior is where I is where I think of it, and. I think that it will enable those decks to be able to interact and stabilize in the early and mid game, as well as having late game utility that they didn't previously have as much. I agree. Yeah, it's a cool card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do. I do have to talk about Dragon Aspect though, the neutral shout card that was revealed. Yep. So this is a this is a four cost shout card. So it's an action. Uh, says at level one, you gain three health and battle an enemy creature as if you had three power. At level 2, you gain 5 health, battle as if you had 5 power. And at level 3, you gain 7 health and battle an enemy creature as if you had 7 power. Um, besides the fact that I think this card looks really cool and is yeah. very evocative of like the, the Skyrim dragon aspect uh, shout, mm-hmm. um, I think I think this is one of those cards that props up some like tier 3, tier 4 strategies pretty significantly. Um, I don't want to get too hyped on this card because... <laughs> I, I mean, I wish it cost three. I guess would be my biggest thing. But yeah. like, I you can't have it. You can't have it be crushing. You can't have it. Right. Um, yeah, be at the same cost as crushing blow. I think. But I think that that, uh, you know, I I, th- I always think about how overwhelmingly powerful Battle Mage would be if it could gain significant amounts of life, right? Because it already has the best card draw in the game. It's got some of the best removal in the game. It just it has trouble playing from behind because any deck with Reach can just kill you. So you have yep. to, you have to, right now, the, the the way you win with a slow battle mage deck is to just win very quickly once you pivot to to winning. You, um, turn, the, you turn the corner and just shut the door as quick as you can. Right. Um, but with Dragon Aspect, I see, you know, along with the card we talked about a couple weeks ago, the uh, Clockwork Dragon, we've now got two reasonably playable new neutral life gain cards that uh, I think... I'm de- one of the first things I'm going to try is putting these into uh, sort of a overdraw battle mage control deck. Awesome. Because yeah, like before that, what was the like glass helmet? Yeah, right. glass helmet. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I, I mean, you would run uh, the seven. Mundestone. <laughs> Mundestone, right? Yeah. Or no, Black Reach Rebuilder. I mean, I would run the the two four for seven with prophecy that gains you four life when it comes into play. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, how'd I go past that? Dank Harvester. Right, Dank Harvester. That that's you know, that's their only like reasonable life gain source. I mean like glass helmets, like I don't know, man. I feel like you should play something else. I actually kinda like Glass Helmet and Sorcerer because you can run it with Master of Arms and nobody expects the I played Master of Arms to gain eight health strategy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's true. I mean, I've had that happen to me actually just, just yesterday. <laughs> it was very, the, very the, the only the only ways to do it are like random ways, right? Yeah, right. Like illusory mimic doesn't do it in battle mage because you need to have drain stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, M- stone the, the the aforementioned and uh, much loved. Mun- Charmer's favorite card could give the yeah. could give a drain creature. What, wisdom of the ancients, you know? Yeah, uh, that's true. 
<laughs> yeah. The that, that's a card of sage. Not on the stick. Right, right. And what about what about the one that got spoiled last night? Uh, is it Messinar's? Yeah, Mechanar's will. I'm really excited for that. I think that's much better than it looks on first initial glance. Yeah, you, yeah. you made an interesting uh, post, I think, Charmer, about why you think this card is more powerful than, like, effects we're familiar with in Magic. Yeah, so, you know, this card is... Treason. Is, uh... Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's from Magic. It's also, um, I think, Shadow Madness and Hearthstone, if you remember that. Um, yeah. But Shadow Madness saw, saw play in Hearthstone as well. But I think that the big difference between, like, this game and Magic is that the attacker chooses targets, right? So in Magic, right. if you take somebody's creature, more often than not, you're then also pitching it to a sacrifice engine and or using it, like, to do damage to their dome. Um, but in this, or, like... Or two for one, them with, by trading with one of their own creatures. Well, yeah, so that's exactly it, right? With this game, because I can steal one creature and then drive it right back into one of their own, you know, mm. this becomes potentially, you know, five for a two for one. Um, mm. But that's, like, maybe the least interesting use, right? Mm. Um, it's in willpower, so it's going to fit very nicely in blink mage strategies. So like if I take something and then I also dark rebirth it, then I get to keep it. Um, there's also interesting things like, um, cruel fire bloom, right? Um, or other potential sacrifice engines as well. And altar. Yeah, uh, Ultra yeah. Despair oh, is, is definitely a thing. Is definitely a thing as well. Uh, the other uh, interesting thing is, uh, you know, as we're on, you know, topic with Drain, um, not that Willpower has a, problems with gaining health, but if you take somebody else's Drain creature, it could turn around and give you some more stability. Um, I just, I really like the card. You know, even if you're in an aggressive um, deck, right? Like, let's say you're playing like mid mage. You could, I'm not saying you would, but you could consider playing this over something like Javelin just because you could take somebody's Hive Defender to mm. get the guard out of the way and also do the extra damage, right? Like, yeah. they're... Hive, def- Hive Defender is the... Yeah, the, yeah. it's not, not the friend of aggro decks. Yeah, it's sure. not the friend of aggro decks. Or, you know, even in... Um, in, like, Control Mirrors, even if you don't have, like, a Sacrifice Engine or anything weird... You, you know, just stealing the tome from somebody's Daggerfall Mage, right? Like, you take Daggerfall Mage... Yeah, I thought Mage, about that, too. You pop it into their creature, and then you get their tome. Like, there's so many, like, I think, cool little nuanced things about this card that I like. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think, like, pulling off, like, Cloud Rest and this, and then another thing is a bit too costly, both oh, hey, magic-wise and, and cards-wise. Nine Magicka, you can steal Naha Gleave. <laughs> you know, if you run if you run Goblin Skulk, I hear he can fetch Calm. Yeah, you know <laughs> well, what? That's, I, that's what I was about to say to you. It's like I remember potentially see people trying to use yeah. Calm with this because it's free. I mean, Calm you, is a card I've always looked a lot closer at than like I I, I mean I, I've rarely played it, but I I always look close at it because I remember during either the end of closed beta or the beginning of open beta uh lsv did a stream for legends where he was drafting and he drafted two columns he's like this card's real good and like who the hell am i to, <laughs> to question his you know like a designer in the game his insight into these cards yeah not me i mean it's a combat trick right right yeah. and for zero. with a, with and, and with an effect like that it uh 
it does enable some stuff. I think it's the kind of thing where you wouldn't want to run Calm and Mechanar's Will as just like a combo, but rather right. you'd want to run it with other stuff, so you've kind of got a critical mass of moving parts that work well together. You need a deck with enough board presence to make Calm a zero-cost removal spell. I was trying yeah. to imagine a... This is Grizzly like, Gourmet. Like, like a version... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I was right. trying to think of like a version of Monk that instead of focusing on the curse package, like you create mm -hmm. a version that focuses on what I would call just the Calm package, right? So you maybe try to fetch Calms with uh, your Skulks, or maybe it's not even Monk, maybe it's something else, but like I could justify running Calm if I also ran a full suite of Executes, Grizzly Gourmets, and Mechanar's Wills. And then also running Cloud Rest, right? Um, yeah. I do want to say, though, that if you're uh, running a Calm package, um, maybe you should check out High Rock Mail Enhancement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. No. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not, you don't have to jump through too many hoops to make Calm or Mechanized Will bad. Like, the setup cost is not particularly high. Like, if, right. you know, if you've got board parity, it's like, okay, I'll cast Calm and trade for free. Right. That's that's a fine use of a card. Right. I want to, real quick, some of you guys were talking about um, Hive Defender. Hive Defender has to be one of the top ten most powerful cards in the game, right? I think I'd put it in top five, to be honest. Yeah. If we're, if we're, rank, we're ranking, like... I mean, I'm just... I'm, I guess, like, ten is just an arbitrary number here, but, like... Hive Defender, I think, it defines the entire metagame in a lot of ways. It's existence, even if it's not in the game you're playing. Yeah, it's real good. It's real hard to get past. Like, yeah. you think how, how aggro decks are constructed, like... Right. Yeah, like... Yeah, you, you kind of have to have a way to get past it. Like, people run, what, mm -hmm. Shieldbreaker? Even mm -hmm. uh, even after it got uh, a point of Magicka mm -hmm. added to it? Or, um... What's the the four cost silence thing called? I'm terrible with card names when I'm tired. Oh, uh, Earthbone Spinner. Earthbone yeah, Spinner. That's yeah, that's the one. Earthbone Spinner. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you're right. It you have to have a way to kill it in mind because sometimes you've if when you can't and they play it, you're like, okay, I guess this creature just won the field lane and right. I can't really do anything about that. I think that its existence, I think, is why, well, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, like, this goes back to what you're saying about a solved meta. I think that the power level of cards in this game is generally high enough, and there's a large enough card pool that whenever anything becomes particularly popular, there are all, there are decks you can run to counter it that aren't, you know, there's no, like, clear tier one best in show deck, uh, but when something gets big enough, you can run something that's got a good matchup against it, which I think is totally healthy. Um... I think that, like the like one of the things that keeps cards like Hive Defender in check is that most aggressive decks have answers to it that uh, are staples of those decks, right? So, like I think that you know this makes me think about how um, <laughs> Fighters Guild Recruit is sort of another just like all-purpose good card answer that uh, can be like hated out of the meta, right? Like when mid-range sorcerer was everywhere, no one was playing um, Fighters Guild Recruit. I, th I had a point here, and I've completely fucking lost it. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. I had somewhere right. I was going, I was like, alright, and next, and next, I'm I think, a genius, I think yes, let's go. what you were trying to say, like, let me step That's in and I'll try to solve this for you. I think that what you're yeah. trying to say is that 
ubiquity isn't necessarily the sign of something being overpowered as much as it is just being good or consistent. Because there are plenty of cards that, like, you can see be everywhere and then yeah. suddenly not just because they're, you know, again, u ubiquity doesn't necessarily mean overpowered. Like, lightning bolts um, right up there, piercing javelins right up there. These are cards that are, for the most part, actually piercing javelin might be the other best example. For a long time, people couldn't imagine a world where you played willpower and you didn't include piercing javelin, right? Like they were just like, yeah. it's an auto include in every deck. Um, mm -hmm. But like, I can tell you that I've played plenty of willpower decks that don't run it. Like I wouldn't run it in any version of tokens, you know, I was gonna today. Say that, that, that's a pretty recent development though, because I've like seen it, people do it, but it's a bit, yeah. I wouldn't either. Yeah. 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 So, but now it may be a recent development, but it was just one of those things that it, it took right. that state to be there. And so, you know, what That's I'm trying true. to say is, is that uh, yeah, I, I okay, can imagine I a world where Hive Defender yes. isn't run, you know, if... In, in a world where one defender stands alone. You know, because it, it's not the bully that it <laughs> used to be. Like, let's be honest, more and more answers are, are coming, you know. Right. It's, it's actually really interesting because, like, Earthbone Spinner... Um, used to be as ubiquitous as Hive Defender was, and Earthbone yeah. Spinner has really kind of faded away because we get cards like Shieldbreaker now, and we get cards, right. um, you know, that also let us go around, like Archer's Gambit, we can go around Hive Defender now, and, you know, Gambit's significantly better than Shadow Shift was, so... Yeah. Um, did did Haskell push it out, push it out at all as, like, a function of simply yes. having a lot at the four drop slot like i mean if you look at willpower there's cloud resolutionist and hive defender two of probably yeah. the best cards in the game yeah. and running more than that at four um right. or or running or, or not running those i think you have to have a pretty good reason not to whether it's in you know control mid-range or aggro How, like house girl changed a lot man like, yeah. I, I think up until the release of House Carl, the best, I, I mean, not to toot my own horn here, but I'm pretty sure the best Crusader deck in the game was mid-range Crusader with the life gain package, right? Um, and I think that uh, House Carl coming out, because that version of Crusader destroys the other version of Crusader, and mm -hmm. it draws tons of cards, and the other, the other Crusader deck was getting by on the margins, right? Like, edging out, like, extra kill with an extra kill with Skaven Pyromancer or Rapid Shot and stuff. And uh, sure. the Crusader deck with House Crawl just blows, you know, throws everything out there. And if it gets it one hit in, that's fine because you're going to draw more cards. I think that... Uh, I think that the four drop slot is so full of powerful cards in the, in, in, that uh, you have a couple opportunities here. Like in the right situation, you may say to yourself, like House Carl is the right option, Hive Defender is the right option, Earthbone Spinner is the right option. But because there's so many like very powerful, that's that spot is so packed with power in in the Crusader archetype. Like uh, Donag and Reeve as well. Like, right. Dushin Gal Archer, the last monthly card, which even I think Don, is even insane. Yeah. Yeah. And Dawnbreaker too. Like, yeah. You really got to pick like if it's like the mono mono strength style right. Crusader decks. Like, right. I mean, House House Carl is obviously a given. Yes. Um. You know, I I have seen people, and also I have. You know, like Ayala's Huntmate is a fine card. Right. There's, you know, if I mean, if you're like me, uh, it's rampaging meme tar. Right. Minotaur. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, even people play, you know, lumbering over from time to time just because right. on stats, it's a really good deal. 
Right. That's a card that it's I think is underplayed. pretty much just vanilla. Yeah. Like, I'm going to I'm going to be I really honest too. right now. There's not been. I've been saying it jokingly about uh, Mark Hearth Bannerman and Quenwall Burglar, but that card falls into the same pool. Um, yeah. Light, Lightning Bolt is maybe the least played now than it's ever been in the history of the game because we don't have like a lot of the intelligence-based mid-range decks floating around. Um, sure. So like that used to be the problem with Ogrim. Like you played Ogrim and they got bolted, but right, right now with the way the meta is. Um, there might not be a better time to give that guy a go, and a 7-4 is pretty good. I'm not going to lie though, dude. I'd rather live in a world where people weren't playing 7-4s on turn 4 <laughs> than a world where they are. I mean, just as a guy... I've seen people playing it recently. The guy who I've plays seen, the kind of play, play it. Yeah. In, like, uh, mid-range, but more on the aggressive side of things, like Battle Mage decks. Yeah. yeah. Having, having a 7-4 that you can chuck a, a Battle Mace on is insane. Yeah, I agree. Hey, so we got some people who haven't seen the commercial. How about we run the commercial and then take those two minutes to think about... Uh, let, let's just focus uh, a discussion on, on cards we were wrong about in our in our predictions for Heroes of Skyrim and then uh, cards that we think like really ended up overperforming. Sounds great. Cool. All right, here we go. you a man over 30? Are you finding yourself unsatisfied with an unsatisfied partner? Is your Daedra feeling weak and inept? Are you living life on a low rock, heading nowhere as fast as you can possibly get there? This used to be all of us. When you head into battle, Thinking that you've got an orcish warhammer ready for combat, only to find yourself suddenly wielding an improvised weapon, having to make do? Well, no more. Don't be this guy. Don't be the man down on himself. Because now, for all the men in the world, there's High Rock Summoner, when the only thing that's going to give her lethal is a Bone Colossus. Every year, millions of Tamriel citizens face a reptile dysfunction when their scout deck isn't performing the way they'd like. High Rock Summoner is here because a 7-6 on board is better than a 1-1 in hand. Whether you're taking her to the romantic mountains of High Rothgar, or you're just hanging around a bar in Whiterun, High Rock Summoner is here to support you in every aspect of your life and make you the man you want to be and that she deserves. You should be aware that High Rock Summoner is not approved by the FDA. Possible side effects include jaundice, flame atronach, suicidal thoughts, storm atronach, diarrhea, fire atronach, and death, dark rebirth, may increase these risks. Ask your doctor if High Rock Summoner is right for you. Don't settle for an average summon. Be rock hard with High Rock Summoner. So, who wants to go first? Uh, we could go by color? Or how do you want to do this, man? I'm, I'm easy, to be honest. I mean, I didn't play pre-Heroes of Skyrim, so I'm kind of... Sure. I'm giving, I'm, I'm, I'm giving the newbie kind of viewpoint here. Uh, Absolutely. Comparatively. Um, 
Okay, well, I, I will say one of the cards I was most wrong about was Undying Dragon. I thought that six life, or I'm sorry, I thought that six magicka was going to be too much to stabilize with a five five with drain. Mm-hmm. And I think that card has been performing really, really well. Uh, so I actually, I'm not surprised by its performance. What I'm actually surprised about personally yeah. is that it's being used differently. I think where we missed is that we thought it was going to be used for stabilizing, and it turns out it's not. It's the beatdown creature in control mirrors. Right, right, exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, that's, I think, where we missed it, because we kept thinking about it like, okay, if we're using this to stabilize against aggro, it may or may not be that good, but that's not how it's used. It's a control mirror breaker, and that's why that's it's true. so much better, in my opinion. Oh, I think I think it's, it's still... It, I think I think it is one of many stabilizing tools, but where it, where it really shines is you know when you haven't damaged each other. Yeah. You're right. like, oh shit, a ten ten. Right, right. I have even... got a Manticora or a, or a piercing chav left. Right. Yeah, or even just like threatening it, right? Like I can't tell you how many times I've been at like twenty eight, but like I play the dragon and then people panic because they're afraid I'm going to play like Knight of the Hour next turn and then swing for a ton, right? Like. Yeah. It's, it's very scary. It's very good in that role, and I think that that's why we whiffed so hard. Like, it's it's okay at stabilizing, but it's only as good, in my opinion, as we thought it was going to be. We just hadn't expanded our, our mind to the, like, control popping mirror aspect. That's true. Um, so, for me, a card that I thought would see far more play than uh, what ended up uh, occurring was Deepwood Trapper. I, I that that was next on my list, man. Deepwood Trapper is a card that I still think is really strong. That doesn't have a deck it shines in. Yeah, yeah. it does. It uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really have a, a home. Doesn't does it? Even yeah. like uh, Shackle Assassin. Yeah, right. Doesn't doesn't play it. Is he where... playing mono green? I think like some goblin variants I've seen run it, but that's yeah, about I, it. I, same. I, I think I've tried to put it in just about every deck that runs agility, but same here. I just take it out for other things because it's right. so bad. It's kind of just really bad late. It's sort of a problem that part. like that all the one drops almost in the game have, which is that they just do not hold up, right? Because I mean, fifty percent of the time you start with two Magicka, <laughs> right? And uh, the one drops that we have access to in this game are just. Other than like relentless raider, uh, just not huge impact, right? Word wall. A oh, word wall is a good example of one that, that is. That's a, right. that's a decent one. Yeah, that's and, true. And Shadow me has a home here and there. That's true. <laughs> I put Shadow me in a lot of decks it doesn't belong in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, right uh, next to Deepwood Trapper is. A, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I just said same. That's all. Yeah. Right next to Deepwood Trapper is another card out that I want to clarify something I said, uh, which is that I, I said once that Palace Prowler might be the most powerful thing you can do on turn one. <laughs> <laughs> now, hold, hold on. I need to explain myself here and admit that I was wrong at the same time while trying to save as much face as possible. Yep. Um, I think that Palace Prowler is still an incredibly powerful thing to do on turn one if, like, all you can do is drop a one drop. Uh, but there's not, like, there's not a deck capitalizing on the payoff that it offers, right? Um, yeah. It's it's also just super fragile, and because it's totally outclassed by all the two drops in the game, uh, it's just not 
seen any play whatsoever. But I tried to I, make it. Yeah. I have been I have been killed by it. I've seen in yeah. like some of the more uh, what's the word? Just better uh, <laughs> attempts at uh, pilfer monk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting to getting to three magicka or on turn two or, or four can right. be really good. But yeah, it does it does suck. Yes, it I does. Think, I think like it has this uh, for me in the back of my mind. It kind of it has this layer from magic where it's like sick. That's Lanowar off, you know. Let's play exactly, it. exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it sadly didn't quite work out like that. Yeah, I was I was wondering which one you were going to go when you said, "Oh, it's right next to it. It's yeah. right yeah. next to Deepwood Trap." Well, I was going to say. So speaking of other layovers for magic uh, that I thought was going to be far better than what it was, and that's Scout's report. That same here, man. That's on my list as well. Scout's report's been hugely disappointing. I think we all put it in our scout decks that we were all running the day after <laughs> Skyrim came out. Because, <laughs> mm. like, well, it, it doesn't give the functionality of maybe maybe I shouldn't make too many magic reference, but re- nah. references, but like kind of like a Taxian probe, where like you know you right. essentially we get to run three less cards in your deck. Right. But and I see some scout lists playing it, but I'm not that in. No, it's just it's just not it's not it's not that impressive. I think like the best thing I've ever done with it was when I just started. I was playing in a tournament and I had an Alduin in hand and I couldn't quite cast it. And then I cast yeah. Scouts Report, hit a dragon, dropped it in the bin. I was like, oh cool, now I can afford Alduin. <laughs> nice. nice, yeah, yeah. I'm, but, I mean, like I've lived the dream a few times and dropped a. Uh... Flesh, um, I'm sorry, an Iron Atronach Iron in my discard pile and then reanimated it. But it's not, you know, obviously very consistent at all. No, it's not. It's really not. Like, because uh, so, I've been thinking about, like, you know, what what should I choose here? And I don't have, I wasn't here before right. uh, Heroes of Skyrim. But when I first started, I was, you know, I tried to build decks and stuff. Yeah. And uh, just trying to see actual. Uh, here is just Skyrim cards that I used, and honestly, Lockpick was the one that I liked the most. I was just like, this this is a unique effect, <laughs> and you know, I know I, I know I put you through this as well, Justin. But <laughs> I, I and I have lived the dream, you know, with like having that and yeah, market and other right. crap in play and and getting stuff done. But yeah, I really wish it. I, I wish it. I wish it it, it. it saw more shine, to be honest. I can agree with that. It does perfectly simulate, though, the experience of uh, picking locks in Elder Scrolls games, yeah. I will say. Yeah, <laughs> Just agreed. endless heartbreak and disappointment. Yeah. And this is something, this might be confirmation bias, but I would love to see if it is a straight-up 50% thing. Yeah. Because th- there's, there's two outcomes here, right? There's right. throw another lockpick or, you know, draw a card and reduce its cost by two. Yeah. I feel like it gives a lockpick way more than it gives you a card. I feel that way as well. (laughs) It it does feel that way. It felt that way so much to me once that I thought about making a Stealer of Secrets Assassin deck because I was like, I have so many lockpicks in my grave from this stupid card that it would inflate it. But part of me... I I have done that and it was very bad. Yeah, part of me secretly hopes that there is actually not a 50-50 split. I hope that it starts bad, but 
after every time you cast lockpick, it gets better because your skill goes up. Because that would be so Elder Scrolls. <laughs> get, the, get the fuck out of here. No, dude. seriously, though, that would be so Elder Scrolls themed. Like, I wouldn't even be mad if they were doing that hidden on the back end, you know? That's funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually writing all these cards down so that I can try and make them work before a new set comes out, to be honest. Um, so another, another card that I think... Uh, I, I'm only going to speak for myself, but I, I want to say that we were all wrong about was is Journey to Sovngarde. Yeah, that card is good. Yes. Journey to Sovngarde has gone from a card that I dismissed as being a unique seven-cost action card <laughs> and, like, never tried to being a card that I think you can put in just about any deck. Not every deck, but just about every deck and uh, have some pretty great success with yeah, I pretty I pop it in most in pretty much every deck I play, to be honest, and I love yeah. it. Because who because who who did it? Like the, the first person that I can remember is Ioni putting it in in Control Archer, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure who the progenitor of popularizing it is. But that 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 that, that that's it. That's that's who I'd give my right. tip of the hat to. I'm going to. Personally, I'm going to stand by my original assessment because I think that it's still just niche. I don't think that it's as good as we make it seem. I think that's more a proliferation of just like the current ebb and flow of the meta. Because it's very, very good in control versus control. Mm -hmm. And it can sometimes in a mid-range really deck, uh, like in the right mid-range deck, it can certainly spin things in your favor against a control or against a mid-range mirror or something. But yep. all of those things require the right like circumstances to be true. And you, again, still need to be in a, in a position where you can survive playing it and taking the tempo loss. And I, I just personally feel like the meta has shifted more in that direction because of like recent events right like the reason it wasn't run right after launch was because scout was incredibly popular scout's still popular but it was way more popular then um and like you couldn't like even if you're a control deck that was running journey like it wasn't enough to just beat scout because they they were going to get there first and then beat you down right like it's cool that mm -hmm. you got your buffed creatures but like they were already playing built ones that were like pre-buffed if you will um mm, yeah but now like now that like aggro caught on and then that like kind of beat scout into submission if you will control yeah. has been seeing a <laughs> no, resurgence not quite, but well, yeah not quite i mean <laughs> like it's a popular deck and like popularity and power level aren't necessarily going to be hand in hand and that's fine but like there's certainly less of them now and so as a result of the popularity of crusader and other aggressive strategies, control has been making a resurgence, right? We're seeing more right. control archer. We're seeing, uh, right. I've been playing against a bunch of support mages lately just because people are trying to find something that beats Crusader. And right. so in those oh, it, games, it, like it's- It definitely a, beats Crusader. <laughs> yeah. So like in those games, like it's great. It's a, it's a control mirror smasher. Um, yeah. But like, you know, if, if things change and we're suddenly in a position where like control isn't in the position it's in, like, I don't, I don't see it being, you know, like the auto include amazing thing that it is like just in the current state of things. We'll see. Um, I know that I, that now that I've done my, like my rant, right. That I do think that it's a niche card. I, I do plan on playing it even after Clockwork City because I'm yeah. going 
my goal is to try to make factotum control work and i think that it fits oh, yeah. perfectly in that that makes okay. sense um of course we still only have the the one factotum reveal yeah, well we've seen two <laughs> we have a, we have a unique legendary and right. the three drop but it doesn't matter. Saying. I'm going to try to make... It could just be those two, Justin. I'm going to try to make it work. <laughs> shine on, Trevor. I mean, shine on. I, I don't think that they would bother if there wasn't going to be a way to build, <laughs> uh, like, the yeah. tact- factotum deck, right? Like, right. Yeah, I personally I expect there to isn't be... Isn't just bad otherwise? I, I expect to see them all revealed when we have our preview of it, yeah. whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, I was talking I got, on stream last drop. night that I feel like we're probably going to get about seven total. And in my head, it's okay. probably going to be like six regular ones and then the one unique legendary. Because if you run three ofs and the unique, that gives you access to 19, which isn't even quite half of your deck, but that's enough to like potentially do the theme and then fit in other stuff. Because like any, the, anything less... out across colors though, right? I don't know. I don't know. We've only, question. we've only seen neutral so far. So True. But that's True. just it. Like, there's not going to be so many of them that you're going to be, like, ultra neutral heavy, right? Like, they're going to run enough that it's a package or something that is, like, right. a part of your deck. So it wouldn't shock me again. If we see, like, five or six normal and then the one unique legend, like, that's about what I expect us to see total. With, like, yeah. 25 cards left to reveal, like, we have a lot. I mean, like, I want to see. We need more treasure hunters. We need mm-hmm. more. Uh, I think we're still missing two fabricants, um, and we need more factotums, and we also need more actions because almost everything revealed is a creature. Yeah, <laughs> and not that I'm complaining or anything, but uh, we've only had one card with prophecy revealed so far. Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm okay with it too. Like, I, I think I think the prophecy uh, design space is in a, is in a, is in a healthy place. Yeah. To be honest with you. Although one thing I would like um, is, you know, like the, the Dawnstar Healer and uh, Relentless Raider change. Yeah. I, I think I would I think I would prefer it if they were, if it was the kind of the same across the board. Yeah. Where either they happened immediately and you couldn't stop it, or um. Yeah. Or, or it's like yeah, or it's or it's Relentless Raider where you know like it it, it goes on. Not the stack. What it what even happens? Yeah. I guess like yeah, the, the prophecy happens. The prophecy happens first, so you have a chance to yeah. um to respond to it, in, so to speak. In personal conversations I've had with Justin, I've said that I really want them to codify it to like an ability word, and then make it consistent across. Like I would love for that to just yeah. become like bloodthirst or something, bloodlust. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that you don't have to say, like, when you break an enemy rune. Like, I'd like it to just be, like, a word, colon, do the thing so that you can fit more on a card and create cool, unique interactions. And then also just have it be the same. Just just because I also, I told Justin that, you know, and I did a video on it. I, I would like to see the reverse as well. Like, I want to see Enrage, where it's every time someone breaks one of your runes, like, something happens to your creature. Yeah, make, make, make it evergreen. Yeah, I agree. Is that, is that what they call it? Absolutely. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. There, so there are two more cards that really stand out to me as cards that I was I just fucked up on when when I was critiquing them, because this is so much more interesting. I feel like than like oh yeah, I was definitely right. Like Parthenax is good. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, we were definitely definitely right. Mystic Dragon is good. Do you remember how much shit we caught for that? I know. We both said Mystic Dragon was the most powerful card in the set, yeah. or at least one of them. Yeah, yeah, we were like when we were rating them on, uh, on yeah, yeah on a stream, we were like both Justin yeah. and I were like nine out of ten. 
and yeah. people thought we were crazy. Even our, even the other guy with us, really? uh, we were with, uh, who was it that night? <laughs> we were on guy. somebody else's podcast. Uh, Jim, right? Uh, Mike, Jim Class Hero. Great guy. Yes. Love him. Yes. Love his show. Great guy. Great streamer. Yeah. Was totally yeah. wrong about Mystic <laughs> Dragon. <laughs> but that's but because to be fair, we, I was going to say, we had nightmares about Bat. Like, we remembered the Moonlight Wear right. Bat, so. Exactly. Um, I mean, so, it's it's certainly not bro broken though. I think no, no, I think, no, I think it's almost like the perfectly designed card in a sense. You know, like four, four, four. When someone hits it off a prophecy, you're not like, oh, okay, yeah, it doesn't have guard, doesn't gain life or anything. Like yeah. it's just something something that well, something, yeah. something that you can deal with. When you play Legends, you go into it. Yeah, you you know you take you assume the risk of like having prophecies ruin your day. So like, I mean, it's not it's not the dumbest thing that could happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> like you know. No, it's not. Uh, it takes some getting used to, but uh, like for instance, Charmer and I were both in closed beta, right? So like, unfortunately, some of my horrible feedback might have influenced this game. Um, and uh, my very <laughs> first feedback report was about how overpowered I felt like Portcullis was. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay, so like you have Has to it imagine. Has changed at all? Uh, no. <laughs> you have to remember though that like we all had no collections and. Uh, just playing some shitty aggro deck and um i was like my report was like look portcullis felt really powerful like just getting it out of nowhere like totally shut me down and then he put items on it which just doesn't feel very flavorful <laughs> well when you think about it for as as a prophecy it's tied with tier for the most right stats that you can hit off a prophecy that's true it yeah they're all um they're all in health which uh, <laughs> is useful for some decks and maybe less useful for others, but right. I think I think no, I, I mean, there are things I'd rather hear. Yeah, uh, but I wanted to say the other cards I was just way, way off about. Quick shout out to Battle Mage's Onslaught, which is not one I think I was wrong about. I think that card is super powerful. I just think that it has no deck to be played in right now. <laughs> I'm uh, grateful for that. Yeah, I mean, like it's draw three cards for four is way above what any other card in this game can do. Yeah. yeah, now remember that when you're thinking about Daring Heist. That says draw two cards, man, but it costs three. <laughs> well, anyway, hold on. Uh, the other two cards I was way off about were, uh, I labeled Encumbered Explorer as one of the most powerful cards in the set. <laughs> because, I mean, coming from Magic, it's a one-drop, there's a two-three. I was like, oh, this is the ultimate control tool. Turns out, no, no decks run that at all. Yeah. Kurt Ape is a drawback. Not good enough for uh Right. Not good enough for Legends. <laughs> I've seen people play it though, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean I played it when it first came out. <laughs> In endurance endurance based aggressive decks for the most part, like self silence right. and stuff. Yeah, self silence so, scouts the deck I always try to make work. <laughs> yeah. So I think Siege Catapult just kinda gives you the best best bang for buck there. Exactly. Uh, the other card I was, I was wrong about is Serpentine Stalker. This is actually the card that I first, the first card I crafted when the uh, set came out. It was in my first scout decks that I played. And I still think it's a reasonably powerful card. This is a 4-4 yeah. uh, dragon for 4. It says slay plus 2 plus 0 and may move to attack creatures in the other lane. I was like, oh, this is what a great way to start cleaning things up uh, for a mid-range deck, you know. Um, kind of like it's got that blood dragon kind of vibe, I imagine. Right. But it just yeah. it just has never really paid off. 
It's never really paid off. It doesn't trade well into things that opponents are doing on turn four. And uh, even the synergy with Woodland Lookout, which is another way that you can gain control of the game from you know as you progress into the later stages of the game, uh, just hasn't been enough to make Serpentine Stalker work. Yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've tried it in yeah bad bad decks. <laughs> Right, I just exactly. didn't quite get there. I think I think I played, it was okay in uh, Heroes of Skyrim only. Archer, yeah. I played I played in that, and that that went okay. Yeah, but uh, that's not really a format, thankfully. Yeah, or, or you're talking about Heroes of East Empire Crafter. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, it's it's what it degenerated into. Right. As we, as I think that's the thing that's happened to every limited format we've had thus far. It, it is. <laughs> So, East Empire, East Empire Popper was another one. Yeah. yeah. For me, if I had to pick like two more cards, I'm not gonna say that I was like wrong on, but I will say that I was definitely too low on initially. Uh, yeah. These, these are two cards that I remember us both saying like could have some value, but we'll have to see how it plays out. And then like right. turns out we're actually really good. Um, yeah. The first, and I'm ashamed of it. Uh, I was not nearly high enough on Shieldbreaker, and that was even back oh, when yeah. it was a two two cost. And yeah, then, that's true. Then it turns out I pioneered a deck that ran every version of it that you could want. Right. Um, it's actually why we're not friends. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I was way too low on that card. Um, it, it was very, very strong when it first launched. I think it's still strong now, even after the nerf. Um, and then the right. other one that I was way too low on was Greybeard Mentor. Um, yeah. I really yeah, felt I, like I the four cost for a 2-2 body... Um, I mean, yeah, again, it drew you a card, but uh, it just felt like that wouldn't be enough uh, yeah. at the time. Yeah, but, but I, th I think I think there's two ways of playing it that I think both bear mentioning. Like, it, I think its best home is in Scout, um, yes. where you're happy to, you know, get either get either of your shouts. But if you're playing it in the deck with only one shout, then it's or only one kind of shout, it's just a straight up tutor. Right. And, I think that is not something that we've seen so much, right. but I think, it's, I think I think it's pretty strong. I totally plan on running it alongside the new neutral shout in my hypothetical battle mage deck. Sweet. Not gonna run uh, Foos or uh, Firebreath. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fair to be honest enough. with you, I think that the blue shout is uh, a lot, lot better than like its absolutely zero play would suggest. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 been seeing a bit of play in um, in Steeler Secrets OTK. Right, right. That's yeah. true. But that was before we had Reverberating Strike. True. We'll definitely see how that turns out. I'm I'm very uh, like it. It seems really good, right? Like there's 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 uh there's magic cards that that are similar to it. Um, yeah. But I think like. I, I can see a lot of Nord Firebrands, and uh, they're they just called Imperial Soldiers, are they? What are they called? Yeah, uh, I, think, I think that's right. I think it's Imperial something. Grunt, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's the one. I, I can see a lot of those dying to it. Yeah. But I mean, other than other than that, it's fine just on curve, like three for three, right? It can't go face, but yeah, I mean, it's probably be too good. It's a one for one with upside. Like, obviously, the meme dream is. Um, you know, somebody gets lucky with their Ungulum and they play three assassins and you respond with blowing them all up or, 
You know, yeah. late game somebody gets cocky and drops like two mighty allies, one in each lane, so that you have to respond, then you blow them both up, right? Like there's there's really high quality plays that could occur, but more mm -hmm. often than not, it's just gonna be, you know, I I nuke something and that's it. But I think that like the that's fine, right? Like the floor on it is perfectly acceptable. And the ceiling, well, you know, or the upside is insane. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see. Well, actually, no, I'm not, I don't, I don't think that it's an auto include, but I can, I think there'll be a lot of control decks with this in it. Yeah, uh, I agree. Once the set drops. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know what? I, I think it would be interesting. I'm just kind of looking towards the future here. Um. Ray Ray, you're known for your creative deck building uh, and your your skill at the game. Uh, Charmer <laughs> is known for his skill at the game and creative deck building, and, and I'm known for uh, creative deck building and uh, dressing up and makeup. Uh, so I was thinking, after the set comes out, we should uh, we should do another episode together where we brew some stuff together and then battle each other. I would love to do that. Yeah, so I can take my Factotum control for a spin. So right. I'm totally going to try to make be a thing. Right, and I can right. try to defeat my hand size in Battle Age. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll bring everything else. Bro, you'll win those games. Let's keep it 100 here. <laughs> uh, that, that'd be great. I, I, I really look forward to doing that. Sweet. A new set is... It's the best like, time yeah, to play it's, a game. It's, yeah, especially if, you're, um, if, if you enjoy deck building, which, you know, like, who, who doesn't, right? Right. Well, uh, actually, I think the answer is most people. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just gonna, it's gonna be so fun, and I intend to stream every second of it. To be honest, yeah, I'm honestly kind of having a mini nervous <laughs> breakdown because in four days, yeah. um, there's so much stuff that I'm gonna want to do, and I yeah. already work like two other jobs, and I don't know when I'm gonna find the time because not only am I gonna yeah. want to build new stuff, play it on the ladder, make videos, but like, I'm also going to want to do the hard mode story content just like I did it for Fall of the Dark Brotherhood and do my videos right. and write-ups. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. think, like, mine were kind of slow coming out the last time, but it's because I wasn't just like, okay, I did the quick video and then I was done. Like, I, I, I'm kind of a, I don't know, like, perfectionist is the wrong word, but, like, I, I kind of pride myself in, like, not just doing that. So, like, I do the full write-up, and I build out in Legends decks, and I do all those things, and, like, in my head I'm going, okay, I know that there's 35 story missions, and if it's like the last time, some of those might have more than one way to complete them. So mm -hmm. I'm probably looking at, like, in four days I'm going to have, like, a minimum of, like, 40 story mode videos I have to make, deck yeah. write-ups I have to type up, and that's not even counting, like, stuff for ladder. So, like, I'm, I'm having a nervous breakdown a little bit, but that's all right. You'll be. I'm right, just. Man. I'm. I'm just gonna marathon it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can't. That's my problem. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks, but it's it's kind of excitement, anxiety, almost like. To be fair, well, Charmer has a much more like whole and satisfying life than either of us have, right? <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah, without going too deep, I assume so. <laughs> I mean, he's a family man. Like, you know, it's... We just gotta give it to him. 
Yeah, I mean you're He's pretty making... close. You got you got a uh, soon to be wife and a kitty, and you know I, I do have, have a cat. I have two jobs, but you've got grad school as your second That's job, so That's you're true. not far off. No. Yeah. And and, uh, and Ray's right about. Got... Ray's got killer animals all around him. <laughs> I was gonna say he's just trying to survive, like. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, before we before we get <laughs> off, actually, like I wanted to say, Ray, I know you were doing a. Uh, uh, well, actually, why don't you tell people about what you've been doing on your uh, stream lately? Uh, in terms of like, uh, charity kind of thing. Yes. Uh, sure. Uh, so basically, uh, long story short, I'm on disability for uh, I've got fibromyalgia and like three um, bulging discs in my spine, so it's like constant chronic pain. Um. And my really my only income is uh, is disability payments, and I can't pay my rent. <laughs> and apparently, some landlords uh, get angry about that shit. So, yeah, basically, I've put a donation link up that people are able to donate if they like. But I don't. I I never wanted to put this, have this be part of streaming. You know, I wanted it to just be, I wanted to just build something cool without trying to make money from it. But, yeah. uh, but you know, I, as much as I, I, I don't like asking for money, I also like being homeless even less. So, no, I totally understand. So, yeah. Long story short, that's where it is. That's where I'm at. So last week, uh, people were asking, they were donating to Charmer and they were like, how do we donate to you, Justin? And I said, give money to the ACLU. Well, now I have a new plan, <laughs> which is you should give your money to, uh, to the greatest streamer from Australia, Ray Ray Barker. We should watch him and, uh, follow him because he makes great content. His, his the decks he's built are some of the coolest things I've ever seen anyone do in this game. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like you got to check out his, uh, wind conditionless monk deck. Um, <laughs> But, Thank uh, you. I appreciate. I appreciate that. I, w I wouldn't want to take that title from Link, but I, I think he's, he's in terms of Australian streamer. But he's, he's, he seems like he might have stepped away for a bit. I appreciate your. I appreciate your your generosity. Um, no, no, no. It means it means a lot to me. Well, you're a cool dude, and I mean, like, you're you're good content creator, and people deserve to get you uh, to get you into their lives if they like legends, and you know. So, just wanted to get that out there. Thank you to both of you. It, uh, I know, I know it's a cliche thing to say, but it, it warms the shit out of my heart. It really does. Like, yeah, people, people giving and and helping has it's been so wonderful. Yeah. Well, look, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm so grateful. Although I am a mental health professional, and I think that if you have shit in your heart, you should get that looked at. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will for sure. I've got a doctor's appointment this week. That's good. <laughs> uh, so should we talk about cards more? Or... Uh, actually, we we're, we're due for the interactive part. And by due, I Ooh. mean we were supposed to do it an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, man, we fuck up. Yeah, every every week. Oh, well, yeah. I've, I've, I've been having... We've been living up to the fun part, for me at least. I've been right, enjoying right. myself, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this is the part of the show where anybody in chat who wants to ask us about Legends or, frankly, anything else for that matter, you can ask us about it, we'll answer your questions, and we'll have a good time doing it. Yeah, listen, sure. if, if you, want, sure. you want to talk about the game, we'll do it, but if you have, like, 
you know, Dear Abby style stuff and you need just yeah. life advice, then we right. will be happy to mess up your life for you. Right. Um, if you want to find out more about how you can donate to the imminently uh, homeless with uh, imminent death syndrome, you know. <laughs> Jesus we, Christ, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, we could all die at literally any moment. It's imminent death syndrome. I've got it. Yeah. Me meteors, Justin. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. not what, that's not what my God says. <laughs> I, I, I would, I will, I will happily, Ditto, I'll happily answer any question. You know, Absolutely. I'm an open book. Yeah. So we've got uh, Shay Tranqui saying, what is the funnest slash coolest deck that each of you have seen slash played? That's a good question. Lately, it's uh, Pete Crichton built this deck that wins with Stormcloak Camp. <laughs> it's basically 47 removal spells and uh, three Stormcloak Camps. That's been an entertaining one to win with. Um, I think for me, it's actually a deck I've never personally piloted, but I remember being so like gleefully in awe the first time that I got beat by the um, God, the the monk combo deck with the five drop. I'm not. I'm drawing a blank now. Well, what's the ring name? of Nim the ring of Namira. No, one? no, no. I'm drawing a blank on the name of the card. The it's a five drop that like whenever you play an action, you summon a creature from your deck. Oh yeah. yeah that's uh, true. The answer of uh, Akatosh. There we go. Yeah. Like yeah, the first time that I lost to that, I remember going, "Wow, that was actually really cool." And I, it's been a long time since I can think of a deck that made me, like, that I played against a deck and went, "Oh wow, that's actually really cool." You know, like that was the last yeah. one for me. For me, it was ever. Shit, sure. I don't know. I know. <laughs> well, uh, recently. Uh, I think I, in the space of about two hours, I played against both Kassedon and Irony. It was like Leaf Water Combo Alter Scout. Yeah, it was insanity. I don't 100% know what was going on. And it played 60 cards as well, just to nice. troll everyone. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that deck was sick. Yeah, if you if you follow CVH on Twitter lately, he's been complaining about people running more than fifty cards in their decks. Yeah, I, it's I it's becoming a thing. I I haven't I, I don't know what's going on. I secretly have been seeing those complaints, and I desperately run around fifty one cards for every deck, and just throw in Shadow Mirror as like the one card over for every deck, just because. Like, dude, you and Ray Ray are like twins, man. <laughs> <laughs> because I swear to God, he does that too. That, yeah, that one that one I submitted had fifty one cards. Didn't yeah, it? yes, it did. <laughs> so, uh, absolutely terrible asks, uh, got grill Greg Natten what do? Which I assume is uh, Jesus ick, Christ, dude. I assume that's ick Latin for I got my girl pregnant. What do I do? Um, Whatever she asks the, you to do. The the answer is uh, don't let it near your legs or you'll tear a meniscus. Um, oh, conver shit. Conversely. <laughs> Uh, it may have actually been got my grill pregnant, what do I do? In which case I would say uh, get a tetanus shot because you put your junk in your grill. That's true. If you want a serious answer to that, which I don't think you do, but if you do, what you should do is listen to how she feels about it. Treat her with respect and kindness. <laughs> be supportive and communicative. Yes. Yeah, just try to be there for her. Ozymandio says, Justin, choose one. You have to get into Bitcoin or Agro Prophecy only battle. <laughs> Agro Prophecy Battle Mage only meta. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess at that point I invest in Bitcoin. I mean, well, here's the thing. I don't enjoy playing against Prophecy Battle Mage. My problems with Bitcoin are more philosophical, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, honestly, in this case, I, uh, I don't know, man. I can't choose. Those both suck. <laughs> we'll go with Bitcoin, I guess. Yeah, I'd choose Bitcoin. I know it wasn't directed at me, but yeah. I am philosophically for Bitcoin because yeah, yeah. Anarchy, anarchy's the best. But yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> for it too. Re re yeah, realistically, like yeah, sure. But that put your means, money in Bitcoin. I, I mean, I'm for it just because I I enjoy the idea of a currency that isn't bound to a nation. I enjoy I enjoy like a global currency, but. Mm -hmm. I now will forever, uh, now until the end of time, if I ever build and play Prophecy Battle Mage, it will be named Bitcoin Battle Mage going forward <laughs> in, in honor of this moment. Like Good, look, good looking out, bro. Um, I, I, I will the say... Ponzi, like I, Ponzi scheme waiting to happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to clarify my, my thoughts on Bitcoin, I can't, I can't believe I'm talking about this again. <laughs> I, too, I, too, am for a one-world currency. Like, it's not that. Like, I'm all about that. I just am also for a one-world government that goes along with that. Um, and I want my currency backed up by uh, something tangible, which I know American currency isn't either, but that's my thought on that. Yeah, well, I don't think something has value because you says it has value. But that's the only yeah, well, that's I the mean, only way anything has value ever in life, other than that's like not, food. That's not necessarily true. Like at some point, things have actual utility, right? And then like we can exchange them for other items. And like I, mean, I think that having a currency backed up by bonds sold to the public is uh, a reasonable way to keep a government indebted to its people, while also creating currency that can be used to simplify the bartering process. I don't think that the Hist Illuminati uh, scout lizard shadow people would let that happen, to be honest. Right? It's, yeah. I mean, like... The, the new world order listen, to fall before listen, that happened. We all know that gold was the original, like, go-to currency because the aliens that landed here needed it for their your spaceship repairs because they knew it was a superconductor and could fly away, Justin, right? But, like, let's be honest. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. Like... <laughs> Listen, I got, I got, I got a drug, uh, former drug addicted brother who also suffers from paranoid schizophrenia. I can, yeah. I can say the most ridiculous things that would probably give you yeah. PTSD from everyone you've ever spoken to, Justin. As a guy who's been diagnosed with PTSD, who treats people with PTSD, let me tell you that I've heard some fucked up shit. <laughs> I, I, I got, I've got it too. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a hell of a thing, man. Sucks. <laughs> yeah. I just have TSD, unfortunately. Right. Traumatic stress disorder? Yeah, yeah, it's just trauma all the time. Yeah. I hear I, I hear It's fucking trauma, dude. <laughs> There's no post. I haven't, I haven't had the opportunity nor luxury of moving on. Moving on to more <laughs> questions is what I'm going to do. Immortal King 1982 writes... <laughs> Discounting however you feel about the specifics of Dragon Aspect, do you think that it is going to open up a move towards more character interaction as an offensive weapon is in this game, or do you think this might be more of a one-off type of interaction with no more incoming? Mm. The former for me. I think that uh, other games have done it, and I think that they probably stay away from that design space as much as possible. Yeah. Re realistically, that Legends has enough, um, has enough variety uh, and interesting places to push card design without going there yeah that's what i think 
see, I think it's an interesting question because while they don't need to go there, um, Direwolf's other project, Eternal, does have like character weapons for like you and your avatar, right? So it is something that they've already right. explored in another format. So it is an interesting thought. Mm. I, I mean, I, I have no uh, issue with it. Yeah, I don't think we'll see a lot of it. Uh, Glyph writes, don't be a deadbeat dad. That's good advice. Absolutely terrible. is making fun of me, saying I'm for the new Laurel Order and wants Barter to be the prime method of trade. I do. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. Is it, if you mean like Barter the Legends card. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you get to exchange something at random from their hand <laughs> for something you choose in your hand. I mean, like, you do it enough, you might end up on top, right? So, like, I'm going to offer my dryer lint and in exchange i get one random item from your house it's good it's a good system to operate i mean Gambling i just want to give me. i want to give somebody all of my digital copies of barter for yeah. something <laughs> you know today i uh i got a barter off of uh journey to, or not journey off of college winterhold i was playing support mage and i was playing against scout and he had just soul teared back his parthenax on his previous turn he had one card in hand Parthenax, and I gave him a shrieking harpy for it. <laughs> yeah, some of the best stories come from Barter, to be honest. Yeah, it was well, a good actually, trade. Here's a question from me, actually. Would either of you like to see an in-game economy? Absolutely like, not. Person-to-person -person trading? No. No? No, no not for anything in-game. Like The closest that I would be willing to support would be for <laughs> cosmetics or things like that, but... At this point, it's, like, so late. We kind of talked about that a bit last week, and um, yeah. I, I speculate that that's exactly what Artifact is going to bring to the table, right? Uh, Valve's game, because it's going to be on the Steam platform that already has the Steam marketplace. So, you know, at a minimum, you'll be able to trade cosmetics and skins and so forth, if not the cards themselves. Um, but, like, in Legends, like... It's a collectible card game. It's not a trading card game. And we already have Twitch drops, and we already have a pretty uh, friendly free-to-play system. It, the minute you are uh, offer like the ability to trade, right, um, mm -hmm. it gets the, like the barrier to entry just goes that much lower because you can get the guys like you know CVH or you know even me, and I don't play nearly as much as CVH does, but like even somebody like me where instead of just like dusting all my stuff i can start like shoving it out and then that's just less people that have to open packs and like it would it would drastically change the way the game functioned like cosmetics i could maybe get behind because it's not game affecting but even then i think that'd be an awful lot of effort for very little payoff to bethesda and direwolf you know yeah sure i i, I hear you there like the only time that i have wanted to have something like that is when say a friend wants to try a deck or something like that or that's true that's true yeah you know, if i yeah wanted to use an alternate account for something so but i, I can see i can i can see why they don't and think it's healthy yeah i'm gonna give you a little uh, <laughs> a little hint too about uh how bethesda does their community management for this game if you ask for free shit uh they'll just give it to you <laughs> so like if you really need to like if you need a 60 pack thing for whatever purpose that you need it for you can get it <laughs> yeah it, uh... as, as a content creator i'm just telling you this is how it is 
Well, I've done a bit of asking in the past, but oh, it, would appear, it, it would appear that I have gained G-Staff's attention, and we're communicating now, so that's oh, nice. There you go, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the guy to reach out to. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, I will say that in terms of things like that, one of the things I did ask for in the past, and yeah. just, Justin is correct, like Bethesda's great at helping out with the community management, but... Um, yeah. I've asked for several occasions where I really wish that I could just um, like buy items with the ability to gift, right? Because sometimes yeah. like it would be nice to just do a giveaway and it's not that Bethesda isn't helpful. Like if I say, hey, I want to do a giveaway or something and I give them like notice, that's one thing. But like yeah. it, would, it would be really nice if I just like went randomly one night, like if I get a viewer and they're like, hey, it's my birthday. It would be great if I could just be like, hey, like happy birthday, right? You know, here's yeah. a wing of Clockwork City or something. Like, I think that, um, like, being able to gift, as long as it's something already purchasable in the store, right? Like, give somebody a couple of packs, give somebody whatever, like, but through that method, I, w I would really like that. Yeah. 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 And, like, I think uh, some people might have more uh, success doing it than others because I, I, I had been trying to do it for quite some time with no reply um oh, but, my bad, man. i didn't know but, that oh no it's not it's it, it's fine i i'm not going to get into you know a bethesda bashing session because you know i do love them <laughs> i've got a fallout tattoo on my arm because you know even though they didn't create it per se like i've right i've lo loved bethesda products my entire life and they've undoubtedly improved it you know yeah um but yeah i i, I am i am glad to have to have gotten their attention and it i will i will have some i will have some stuff to give away this week on my stream by the way so. yeah there you go i was gonna say yeah. the 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 quick short easy political answer is we can't all be justin larson mm. yeah i guess my experience <laughs> some people. No, hold on though. hold on hold on yeah you're right <laughs> yeah because it's definitely something i don't think about uh, and off like the kind of uh, it's a bit of a stretch but kind of the other another side of the coin is like some if i play against someone a lot on ladder and they're always playing like i don't know scout for example yeah, yeah. i'm like jesus wouldn't you get fucking bored like right. but not everyone has access to every deck there is you know that's true i did it by playing 15 hours a day for since june or july or whenever i started yeah and yeah, not everyone has that. I think it's I think it's a good thing to keep in mind. That's true. I mean, that's yeah. how Charmer and I got our collections. Like the free the, the the free to play model for this game is is amazing, right? Like it's oh. so so generous. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I was gonna say in terms of like what I've put money into it for, like expanding my collection. When I very first started playing, I bought one sixty pack bundle because I did it for a YouTube video as a yeah. like hey, this is what you can expect to get from uh, <laughs> a thing. Um, yeah. Everything else, uh, I acquired like free to play, um, with the exception of like the story mode expansions and whatever. I bought that with money just as a way to support the devs. Um, right. But like, Same. but then like I didn't buy packs again until I had everything I wanted, and then I just wanted to craft premiums. Um, yeah. <laughs> like that was literally, but like the collection I just got from playing, I, and it's really easy to pick up. Um, yeah, we've got so we've got two more questions, but and I think they're both great But I suspect that both of them are actually going to take a bit of time. So 
let's okay. uh, let's end on these two. The first one is uh, Zombie Hunter nine by nineteen says, "Did you guys read the recent Between the Lanes article about broken mechanics and thoughts on it?" Yeah, Charmer gave me a heads up that it was out there, and so I read it after he did. So I'll let him talk about it first. Well, I, before I was gonna say before I go on my soapbox, I wanted to see what I'll happily, what start, if, I'll happily start if you like. Because I'll be honest, like I'll go on a soapbox. So unless you're prepared yeah. for that, I'm prepared. <laughs> uh, like you can go first, or I will, or Justin. Right, right. so, I, I, I don't, I don't mind. I, I disagree I, I some, with it. I have some quick yeah. comments. Like, <laughs> I, have, I have just brief, quick comments, right? So the only thing I wrote on Reddit about it was like that was really interesting, right? Because like I did think it was an interesting, interesting read, right? Likewise. Um, I don't agree with most of it. Like for instance, like we have, I think we identified on this show before that like Thorn Hiss Mage, for example, is the powerful card in the ramp in the scout ramp archetype. Yeah. Well, that is that is true. Very good. Right? That is true. And Unstoppable Rage is certainly one of the most powerful cards in the game. Uh, the, the the exception that I have to the entire article is the uh, is like the co-opting of the word broken to yes. mean something other than what we usually mean it to mean. And I know Charmer, I stole your fucking thunder because after you told me that, I, and I was reading, it, I'm like, I couldn't think about anything else. Yeah, because it's so it's so like tilting. Yeah, like the so the word broken being used. Yeah. Well, no, no. So here's. I have some complaints about, like, the body, but for me, like, if I'm gonna start on, like, one thing that I think is the big complaint for me, was mm -hmm. that they, the author decides to use the word broken yep. in the article, and several times uh, in the body of the article, but at the very beginning, they, they provide this context where they say that they don't mean that broken means overpowered, they mean that it's like breaking some fundamental aspects of the game, right? So, sure. like, I can understand that, but like, then just pick a different word that's not broken. Because broken in a gaming community has a very specific context, and you can't say, like, hey, for the purpose of this, it's going to mean something else, right? Like, it's like saying, I'm going to write an article about, uh, you know, black and white, but for the purposes of this article, when I say the word black, I actually mean orange, right? Like, no, the word black <laughs> fucking means black. Like, you can't, it, it has a very common vernacular in the gaming community, and it's going to confuse readers, and after reading the comments, uh, my assumptions were correct. People were not understanding what the person was trying to say, um, and I just felt like the format, like suffered as a result and then if i follow it up i also want to go and say one like breaking fundamental mechanics of the game isn't that big of a deal there's plenty of other cards that do it like uh you know the card that lets me use supports infinite times technically breaks fundamental mechanics of the game right like i'm not going to write an article on it so you know unless you are talking about power level then like what are we talking about you know? Well, well, just so we're all on the same page, uh, I'm, not, I'm not playing devil's advocate here. I'm more just like, uh, no, that's maybe, good. maybe, maybe, maybe some people don't have uh, our, our backgrounds in, in sure, gaming. Yeah. What, what, what does broken mean to you? If you had to, if you, if you had to dictionary definition it. Uh, unbalanced to the point of warping the metagame. Okay. And so, so for you, Charmer? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, for me, people only use it in one of two ways, right? So I'm not even talking about my own personal use. I'm saying if somebody uses the word broken to me, they're saying that it is uh, overpowered to the point of needing some sort of look at or adjustment. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, like the, in, in my opinion, like that's where the word comes from. Like something, there is something inherently wrong with it to the point where it's not just that it's overtuned. It's like it's broken. Like it's almost functioning like a bug that needs to be addressed, right? Like it's not like the game isn't supposed to work this way. Thus, the card is broken. Like that's usually the connotation that uh, I have heard it used. And it's not even just this game. And I think that's why I'm so like frustrated by this like supposed shifting of the way you want to use the word because like I've heard that you know I've heard the term broken in MOBA games like League of Legends and things like that I've heard the term uh broken in card games I've heard the term broken in like tabletop strategy games um like generally I, pejorative uh I mean well it, yeah I mean usually it's in a, in a complaining uh you like nobody says like you know this is, you know, it's usually one of two ways. And when they very first see something and they're excited, they'll say, like, holy cow, that thing looks broken. And then mm -hmm. there's the, like, after the fact, like, oh, my God, I'm so tired of playing against Skull Clamp. Why was this card ever printed? It's broken. You know what I mean? Like, those are <laughs> the ways that broken. I've heard the term. And those are the ways that I imagine most people have heard it. And so to kind of do this bait and switch is, I think, like, doing a disservice. Okay. As far as well, the actual content of the article goes, <laughs> like I know, right now I know he's just sound like the world's biggest nerds, which is we are. But I mean, like to be fair, like the, the article itself, uh, I mean, like it's interesting. I think the observations about uh, uh, three for oneing, two for oneing, uh, are are interesting. Um, he correctly identifies powerful cards. I just I don't see a lot of solutions. I don't know. I, I just. It feels like a follow-up article is needed. Mm, I agree. I think that, like, if if we if we just kind of sidestep that and and ignore the, uh, I don't know, like vernacular that he's chosen to kind of twist a little, in my opinion, um, yeah. and you know, look at the three cards that Rockstar Cowboys mentioned: Unstoppable Rage, Solitaire, and Alfred's House Carl. Like, I. I think I'm comfortable with saying that I disagree, but that Ulfric's house call, I think that it is something that could potentially be looked at. Yeah, no, I, I thought in the that future. was... I think I, that'd be healthy. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that that was the, perhaps the funniest part, was that he mentions those three cards and then focuses very heavily on... Well, I can't say cards, because like, really he kind of lumps ramp together as a whole, right? But like, right. he focuses on like ramp... And then Unstoppable Rage and House Carl. Uh, mm -hmm. But the body or the majority of the article is about the two that aren't House Carl. And I think House Carl is the worst offender. And I've, I've long said that I think it just needs to, at a minimum, be a 3-3. Because yep. it's like it does too much too well. And the fact that it not only lets you draw cards, but gives you a body that inherently survives Ice Storm with no additional buffs, I think is yeah. too yeah. much. So... I, at least tuning it down to a 3-3 so that it also dies to Ice Storm is a step in the right direction, in my opinion. And I yeah, don't think yeah. it sees any less play as a 3-3. So... Yeah, I think I think that it would still see play as a 3-2, even. <laughs> yeah, I agree. To be honest, it's that good. Yeah, I agree. 
yeah, like I I don't want to be you know get be too hyperbolic there, but uh, yeah, that's one that I, I could see being looked yeah. at. Even just like going back to what we we're talking about before, with um, it getting the same treatment as uh, um, what are they called Dawnstar Healer and Relentless Raider, where you know the 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 rune breaks and and they have a chance to prophecy first. Whether that would make the card. Still playable? Yeah, let's be honest. It's still playable. Yeah. Because there's not too many things that punish you there. Um, but yeah, as a whole, to answer the question, uh, I, 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 dis I disagree with, with, with the rest of the article, I believe. I agree. I mean, I yeah. agree with you that I yeah. disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because like, you know, there's like, he says like some of these cards are frustrating to play against. Sure, yes. that I agree with. But that yes. they break game mechanics or, you know, need to be... Listen, I'm I've oh, been on I've been on record of saying, and I catch a lot of flack for this, but I I stand by it. Um, I think Unstoppable Rage is a balanced card, a well-designed card, and I want to see more cards like it. I think that it rewards you during the deck building phase. I think it rewards you for playing well with it, playing well against it. You know, for all the talk that people you know say that they want card games that are like skill-based, Unstoppable Rage <clears throat> is a card that it tests the skill of both players and it doesn't have any randomness involved in it and you know the only the only downside is is that it really punishes you for misplaying right and yes there are some times when it's played against you and there was nothing you could do but like i've also lost games to a quinroll burglar that somebody played where there was nothing i could do like sometimes in card games you just don't have the answer or you just have to run into something with your face right like it happens yes but you can play around rage. You can force people to use them suboptimally. You can, um, you know, take away their splash plays. Like it is a card that rewards skill, which is usually what everyone asks for. And yep. so I would like to see more cards like rage in that facet. I think that the the card is fine. I also, um, you know, catch yeah, catch a little bit of flack as well. But I think that. Uh, I think that with rage specifically that it's just like an emotional response and it's kind of funny that it has rage in the name that that like <laughs> that triggers people to give it like the the negative you know hate that it gets and it's not so much um you know it's not so much one that is like i i guess i want to say there's a lot of confirmation bias with it right because when you lose you lose big and it's memorable and then when you beat it very like, big yeah. Um, you just like kind of feel drained because you had to play around it and then even more so sometimes you beat rage because you played properly and you don't even know if your opponent had it because you just denied them good opportunities to use it right so like mm. there are times where you beat rage head on but you might not have like mentally associated that with like hey I did really good job of like playing around rage like sometimes you just beat rage and like it doesn't even enter the conversation um, but then like yeah like i don't know like i just i I've, i'm a fully like okay with the card i don't think that it warps things i think it creates interesting gameplay um that's that's i catch flack for it but i stand by it yeah i i actually completely agree with you and with specific focus on what you said but also that um the fact that it punishes not playing around it i think that's a hallmark of a good card to yeah. be honest yeah it's like you didn't play around it and 
you know, you, you got wrecked. Like, I, so I, be it. And also that, uh, sorry, um, that I also like that the article exists and that people are talking about it instead of making uh, sweeping anonymous statements about how much they hate it. I think yeah, that's a very good yeah. thing. I will say, I want to say one more thing, and maybe this also goes hand in hand with it. Um, cause I've, I've went on this soapbox in the past on the podcast as well, but, uh, some people, when they talk about like, I don't like to play around rage, um, they'll say things like it forces me to play suboptimally and like, that's a source of anger for them. But the truth is, is like one, if it's the proper play, then you're not playing suboptimally. Like that's an improper use of the term, right? Like if you do the thing that's correct in that situation, then you did not play suboptimally. What it did is it made you deviate from your game plan. And that's entirely fine, right? Like card games yep. are should like they should be about adaptation and making those good micro decisions. And I don't want to play a game where I play the quote unquote optimal way every time, every game. Like in that case, I might as well play Gwent or Solitaire, where my opponent doesn't matter. Like yeah. people, want, I don't, I don't want to be goldfishing. Right. Like people say they want interaction, but then when your opponent forces you to interact with things they might have, they suddenly complain. And like, I don't understand that mindset. Right. So. I, 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 I kind of chuckle a bit at the idea of this, uh, kind of anonymous Redditor, you know, that we're, <laughs> that, that you picture, you know, this person or whether it's like the Reddit community at, at large, I, I, I think the the contrary voices are the loudest, and yeah. I think I think I think that's what that, that that's why it it appears that way. Uh, it, it is that way. Like, we do need to take a second. It happens a lot. Yeah. We do need to take a second to appreciate just honestly, like how positive the Legends Reddit is, like compared to almost every other gaming community on the internet. Oh yeah, I've been in some bad ones. Comparatively, hell yeah, yeah, it's yeah. great. Like I mean, if you have even a uh, tangential. Uh, uh, connection to Magic the Gathering, like the community is a bin fire right now with what's going on. Oh like, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I've been following that. Like it's, I, I, yeah, I, I, it's just fucking incredibly disappointing. Actually, like I can't even get it through my mind that some of these people, like, I mean, like, I, I here's how I look at it, right? Like, I feel like, in, in large part, gamers come from, you know, more often than not, sort of marginalized social settings <laughs> growing up, right? Uh, you know, I mean, I got into gaming through uh, a different route, I think, than most do. But, like, my, my I, I idea probably. is, that, like, the guy who <laughs> probably, I mean, I don't want to speak to everybody, but, oh, of course. Um, but like, I, the fact that the, the, this community isn't just, like, so welcoming and open and, and empathetic to everybody who wants to have a home, you know, who's as an adult trying to choose their family, like, it's just so disappointing. Like, I just don't get it at all. It's one of the reasons that, like, I'll, I pretty much exclusively, like, foster positivity and say positive things uh, in my videos, on the, my channel, on the forum, because, like, I don't really care if we if we don't have the same opinion about something like that or we're totally different people because, like, we're here because we're part of the same the same tribe right like we are all people participating in this event together and uh, it is that shared experience that makes all of this worth it right like because nobody like sits around and plays solo arena all day <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean i think pete hines does <laughs> oh. to, be to be fair i play a lot of solo arena <laughs> Way to shit on my totally awesome fucking... No, awesome no, 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 I mean, I mean, 
listen, uh, I, I say I that mostly in just because you know that I 100% agree with you. No, and, I know. You know I, I, I super try to stay positive as well. Yeah, any yeah, any yeah. complaints that I'll have, uh, you know, any complaints that I'll have at all about our Reddit or what I would consider like zero world problems because our community is awesome. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, I, I guess I'll say about the magic thing just real quickly. I'm... I don't agree with it, and I'm certainly disappointed by it, but I can at least empathize and understand with some of the mindset. Because if you do come from a marginalized, like, background or, like, a social circle where you never really felt like you fit in and then this is your home, and then somebody yeah. who is different from you comes along, it, I can see where some people would, even if they don't think it, you know, they might be feelings that they can't articulate well. They might feel like, this person is trying to take something from me, this person's trying to, like move in on my community and they're different and that makes me feel weird you know what i mean like i'm not saying yeah. that i'm endorsing it by any means whatsoever but like i can at least I empathize and understand with those people i can't i can to an extent but i think if you're bullying harassing people then you can fuck off well i mean yeah, I, agree. I, 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 agree. I mean it, i'm not saying there's a place for it but again if you know if if your social circle is like, you know, the the five guys you play magic with in your basement, like once every two weeks, and then just the people you argue with online, like, what do we expect them to do? You know, like, they're not going to get on and write like a well thought out dissertation. They're going to they're going to articulate the only way they know how. Um, and no, for sure, it's going to happen. But yeah, I think it's I, good that we're, that we're holding these people accountable or at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to... you, you have to. You just have to call them on, on their shit. Like, I, maybe I just have this view because I have a four year old, you know, like I'm used to him yeah. yelling things at me because he doesn't understand and can't articulate. And so all you can do is, you know, be as patient as you can and let him know that it's not OK, but also understand that they don't have, you know, a good way to get to express themselves, you know. Well, I, mean, I, think, it, I feel pretty comfortable putting, like, you know, Gamergate people in, like, the four-year-old category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will <laughs> say, like, the evidence all suggests that, I mean, well, okay, I'll just say, the evidence all says that uh, exposure to diversity, whether that's, well, in any kind, even if it's just diversity of opinion, uh, increases a person's open-mindedness and willingness to to treat other people as equals, right? So, like, if you fight this uh, this sort of bigotry and stuff like that, um, and make it so that it's clear that that normal is accepting it, and you put it in their face, like over time, like mores change. You know, I mean, like that's just that's just how it works. Yeah, it does. It does. And I think I think a lot. I think like a lot of people. Uh, coming out and being supportive like and if you don't know it's uh, uh, a prominent cosplayer a uh, woman uh, has been you know harassed and basically said that she's leaving the magic community um, and you know it's a lot of people are coming out being supportive and also a lot of people are pointing to Wizards of the Coast you know the people who own the IP and make everything and saying like, hey, you know, you need to set an example. You need to make sure that this kind of behavior is 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 is, is not allowed. And if people do that and harass others, that they're not welcome. And I, I think I think that's a good thing and something that I would like to see. I obviously can't speak as uh, as a woman, you know, in a gaming in a right. gaming scenario, but I certainly see a lot of misogynistic shit. 
and yeah and 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 and, and so on and so on and I, I I try to call it out, and I think it, I think it's a good thing that's becoming it's becoming more that it, that's happening more often, you know. Totally agree. Just so I mean, like, if anybody ever has any qu- doubt about it, like the fun and interactive podcast is a place welcoming of all people. Yeah, even if, e- even if like you're doing time for killing a podcast host, <laughs> like you're welcome <laughs> to come join us. <laughs> I mean, unless it's one of us, in which case you can't join us because we're dead. Shit, if it's Charmer, you might be able to be the new co-host. Depends how well you are. How well you do on camera. Which, it, I said I like a low that's bar, getting a little so. too interactive. <laughs> it's funny, I was I, I stole that line from myself. I, I was speaking at a prison last week, and uh, this guy asks, he's like, so can anybody come to your facility and and, uh, and participate in services, no matter what their conviction is? And I know he's talking about sex crime stuff because those guys just get prison's a really tough time for those dudes. Yep. Uh, and I was like, look, man, you could be in prison for burning down a nonprofit, and you're still welcome in our door. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I obviously don't have that same kind of thing. I. I knew magic before I went to jail, but um, but yeah, it's it's an it's an, it's an, it's a it's it'd be a long conversation to kind of you know get into how we all feel about reintegration and the uh, the jail system, which oh man, it's fucked. It, the American yeah. one seems fucked, and Australia yeah. is privatized, and it, it it's going down that way as well. Yeah, the American, I, th- American I think it's a bad thing. Like recidivism yeah. is a business, and they yeah. make sure to make money on it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's horrible. Profiting of human misery. It is. It's. <laughs> have you yeah, seen? Okay, have you seen the American healthcare system? Hey oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it seems pretty messed up. I would, <laughs> I would. I would. I would. I would be dead if I lived in America. I- ironically, people in prison have socialized healthcare. <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah, you have uh, free healthcare in prison. <laughs> well, their policy though is is pretty specific. It's it don't die while you're here. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be a lot of paperwork for them, wouldn't yeah, it? They don't like paperwork. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, how so, do we get into this? Uh, Dude, this happens every every week. every week. No. <laughs> so yeah, uh, well. the last one that we wanted to hit, which again has the potential to be long, we'll see. Uh, Kazoo Croc had asked. Well, specifically said, I'm a stats guy. Curious to hear what each of you do or use to compile your stats, if you don't mind. Uh, and that's if you compile them at all, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Charmer gave me some forms to fill out that I did for a while, and now I just keep uh, keep track on the backs of pieces of paper that are sitting on my desk with the uh, a plan to eventually put them back into the forms that he created for me. <laughs> yeah, just let me know when you start so that I can separate them by month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've been I've been unable to get deck tracker to work ever. Yeah. I don't seriously don't know how it works. If anyone really knows how to do that, please help me. I would like that. Um, but I use either a pen and paper for a deck when it's still uh, like if it's something that I've either made or like you know changed an established deck enough that it's uh, that I need to kind of change it a lot then i'll use pen and paper but for if i'm tracking my stats with something established then um 
Then I'll use, use Excel. Just using Excel spreadsheet. To be so, honest. So for me, I'm going to put some stuff in chat here as well. Because um, I did a YouTube video on it a while ago. Though The uh, thing that I'm putting in chat is the old version. Um, I run a Google Sheets thing that I track all of my wins and losses and decks and so forth that I, I play in. And then I archive them by month. So I have another folder where they're all archived by month. Um, so I take like a one month snapshot and then I also just recently, uh, last couple of months or so started adding a spot where I basically have a section for like notes on the deck that I played against because my original versions of the sheet were taking into thing, taking into account things like class and deck archetype, right? So mm -hmm. like in the past, it would be like I played against an aggro crusader. Um, but that didn't tell me, unfortunately, if it was like you know, mono rad, uh, you know, token crusader or like charge crusader. So I added a section yep. where I can like manually type something <clears throat> in. Um, now the pre-built like analyc analytics thing that I have for that um, isn't set up yet in the Google Sheets. So I instead, when I do want to look at that info, I import it to, uh, there's a free tool called Microsoft Power BI. Um, and then I can do some data manipulation there. Uh, so I also have running for each of my streams, and I just put this in chat as well. Uh, I have a command where you can uh, do uh, bang stats and look at whatever my current month is for wins and losses. So That's cool. uh, because I archive things monthly, right? So like every month that will reset. Um, but like at any time, if somebody wants to see like, hey, what have I been playing? What's been working for me? Um, that's like a quick summary. And then that will also give you... Uh, you know, if you click on that, for example, gives me, uh, you know, gives you a look on, you know, what I've been playing against, you know, what my win rate and uh, win and loss rate is going first versus second uh, at any given time. You know, have I played against a lot of aggro, a lot of control, blah, blah, blah. So like, it's just the stuff I have there is meant for my quick at a glance thing so that I can say, you know, uh, you know, what have I been seeing a bunch this month? Um, it's split across three different tabs. And so like the last tab is form responses. And a lot of times I'll use that as like my look back at a night. So like I might say like, hey, you know, did I play against, you know, a bunch of scouts tonight? Oh, I have been. Okay, maybe I should switch to aggro to, you know, start winning or so on and so forth. So it's, th this is just kind of like my, my quick tool. But this is also how I know you know, for example, when I say things like I've always got a better win rate, usually going first versus second, it's because I can look at, you know, both the current month and then all of my previous months going back to, uh, I started tracking mid-December of last year. And so I can like pool all of that data together uh, when I want to. Got to love data. There's two, there's two things I'd add to that. I, I, I have a... What are they called? A thing. Something I keep track of. That's also if I made a particular like misplay. Because so for example, the big interaction that I have been missing a lot lately is silencing my own shackled creatures to win. <laughs> um, I've been I've been like miss I've been missing that a lot and cataloging it uh, like games that I've lost by not doing that has been something that's kind of helped me remember it as opposed to because I like uh, as a function of various mental health things and just medication I've been on and am on my memory is terrible 
Um, so it, it really helps me to do that. Um, and the other thing I wanted to add was something I want to do is uh, after I like either stream or even just have even just play, which is generally for like 10, 12 hours, unless I'm having a, a bad day health wise. I was thinking that of like, because the meta snapshot's not a thing really anymore, to just like say like, you know, I played against 20 of this, 10 of that, 5 of this, and I don't know if that was a thing that other people were doing, I think it'd be kind of cool, just so that people kind of could see what was out there on a daily basis, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I, I 100% can get behind that. I, I started this to combat confirmation bias, and then... I think what a lot of people don't remember about me specifically is that I'm never, when you see me on stream, I am never playing at my 100% best. I am usually Ooh, playing same. after one or two jobs. Um, you know, I, I don't start, I get up at, you know, before 6 a.m. and I don't start streaming till like 11.30 my time. So by the time that you're watching me at like 1.30 or 2, if I make a play mistake, not only am I trying to watch chat, but like I'm just dead inside. Um, the only time I ever play like quote unquote at my best is like the few times I've participated in tournaments and that I usually do that off stream just because like I want to pay attention. Um, yeah. but because of all those reasons, that was one of the reasons I started like doing the stat tracking is I was like, you know, my memory is, is failing me and I'm playing when I'm tired. I should at least like have some record of this to pay attention. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. and for a short time, I also tried keeping track of like, play mistakes but then i realized it was legitimately every game and i started dying inside so i stopped <laughs> um and then for a while for a while i was like uh okay well maybe i'll just keep track of like games that i lost to play mistakes right so like the idea in my head was like how many games do i lose where i felt like there was nothing i could have done differently versus games where i had a play mistake because then that would tell me what my actual margin for improvement could be right like if mm -hmm. i win 70% of the time, but like I could get up to 80 hypothetically if I stopped fucking around like that would I felt like that would be good to know But then again one it was like every other game. So that was like really hurtful and, and soul-crushing But then I also started thinking in my head. I was like, okay, you know Let's say I, I say like I win 70% and I think I can get to 80 and then I get to 80. Like, I don't want that to be like, okay, well, I'm done improving. So I just, I, I personally scrapped that and I'm like, all right, my goal is to just get better every game. And as long as I keep trying to do that, then I think I'm all right. Yeah, fair enough. I'd say the same, except mine is more just, I, have, I haven't actually been kind of, I, I, I have, I've only been streaming for a couple of months, to be honest. Like when I started this game, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like, you know, because I can't, I can't work. This is what I want to do as like my thing, you know. And maybe, maybe one day money will come. But regardless, I want to build something cool because uh, my life expectancy is like forty, and I'm thirty-one, and I, I, I want to have cool shit, you know. Um, and I just play worse on stream because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not used, to, I'm not used to doing the two at at the same time yet, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how and much other reasons ever as well, of course. Like, I've been recording myself while playing for a year and a half now, almost, and I still play so much better without the audience, whether they're just the camera or the stream itself. Like, it's mm. unreal. Just like so significantly better. Like, I mean, like, I'm not like a great player. Uh, I, I'm pretty competent just because I've played hundreds of hours of this game, 
But like when uh for instance the very first Epic Gauntlet, like I got like twentieth place or something like that, and I didn't play oh. a single single game while recording. Uh, and then I recorded the second one, and I think I was like five hundredth. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. and there's a huge connection there for me. Yeah, it's definitely a lot harder. It's, a, yeah, a lot harder. But I, I feel like I feel like I'm getting better. But I, I I have no issue with making mistakes on stream. It's like, oh, yeah. that was a mistake. I should have done this. I like you know often like to talk about it with chat. Right. Like my my ideal composition of chat personalities is people who are down with that. I'm. Far yeah. more, in, far more interested in the why and how of things than than the correct, than the correct play. Oh, I totally agree, man. Like you know? the the content creators that I watch are people who are interesting people who have interesting thoughts that they want to share or doing something interesting in the game. Like I couldn't give less of a shit about, you know, spikes playing tier one decks. Well, I, def- I definitely could. <laughs> that's, that's, that's definitely like one of one of the things I'm about. And I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I, I guess like the best way to elaborate on it would be like when I do coaching yeah. with people. We just I generally try and cultivate a space where we're both asking questions. That's and fair. the more questions we're asking, the more we're talking about it. The more we're, you know, breaking things down and trying to understand why things happen, not just like this is correct and developing, you know, rules of thumb or heuristics as opposed to, you know, becoming, developing critical thinking skills. That makes sense. I think that, uh, I think this has been a good one, man. I, I really appreciate your insights into this game. And like I said, we—I mean, really—we've been talking for like over a month now about having you on as a guest. So I'm really glad that you were able to stop by. Oh, me too. Me too. And uh, yeah, assuming that—and I'm feeling good about it. Assuming that I still have an internet connection and whatnot, I would love to come back. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank, you. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and yeah. and I think everybody like if you're not familiar with Ray Ray Barker, he's a newer streamer in the community. You should definitely check him out on Twitch. Uh, are you on YouTube? Uh, yeah, but I don't really put much stuff there. Twitch, Twitch is the place to find me. Good, YouTube's um, my turf. Stay I, off. <laughs> I, I, I do, I do. It's, it is something I want to do, but yeah, because of various reasons, I would rather just do one thing as best I can for the time being. You know. Yeah, I totally understand. So check yeah. him out on Twitch. Uh, check him out on Twitter to hear what he has to say about stuff. Um, you can. I don't know if you can type links in chat. I can type links in chat. I'm a mod. Hold on. I'm not, I'm not a mod. Hi, hi, a mod. Oh, that's I'm right. dead. You can just uh, click. If you really want, you can just click on my name in chat. Though I, I put a love heart out there because I do. Yeah, I love you both and and love you all. I love I love this game and I like putting love out there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and you know we get that vibe from you, which is cool. Um, you know, there's a lot of people we're never gonna ask to be guests. <laughs> that's not true. Sure, 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 as shit. Sure not... shit is, dude. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There's, there's like, there's, there, there's like, six point nine billion people we're not gonna ask. So I guess you're right, but that's not true. One day. Well, one either day. way, either way, either way, I'm glad I made the cut, and uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I feel the love and and definitely reciprocate it. It means yeah. it means a lot to me. No, it means a lot to us, man. You're a good dude. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to link his Twitter in chat and I'll figure out how to do that. Yeah, so like one of the big, the great 
hilarious things, I guess, depending on how you look at it, about me being a, a content creator for any game is that I didn't own a computer until about two and a half years ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm well into my 30s. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I love being I mean, your like, IT yeah, guy. It, it's cool having that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it's. There's not many people with a story like that, you know. I actually, the unfortunate truth is that in America there are too many people with a story like that. Yeah. Well, it depends how you look at it. But that's a topic for another night. You know, maybe yeah, we could do it uh, a more serious discussion about that sort of thing at some point. I mean, who knows? But I know that you and I have talked a little bit about that, Ray, and that's something I still want to get down with. But I'm, I'm super. I'm, I'm super down. Time. For all, of, okay. for all of that, I am super not busy, so. I understand completely, <laughs> man, I understand. Yeah. All right, so, uh, Charmer, parting, thought, parting thoughts? Um, I can't wait to play more games on the ladder after this. Oh, you really going to stream tonight? Yeah, dude, it's only like 1.30 a.m. I got at least three more hours before my insomnia wears off. You are yeah. insane. I'll be streaming in like four hours, too. Sweet. Anyone's down with that? Well, I'm sure Charmer's going to be awake then, so he can host you when he's done. <laughs> yeah, I always look awesome. for him, but I think that I get off, like, legitimately, I feel like I get off, like, an hour before he gets on. Or you could also say I just get off all of the time. hey -o. That's because you <laughs> use High Rock Male Enhancement. That's right. I, I, I have been looking to start a little earlier. Um, I, won't, I won't be today, just because of reasons, but... Um, sure, man. But yeah, I'm trying trying to find my find my spot, carve my niche, you know. Sweet. All right. Yeah. yeah. Good work, team. Well, uh, yeah. M much love to everybody. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you in Clockwork City. <laughs> yeah, That's but good the next next podcast it'll be out. It'll be live. Damn, right. dude, you're you're right. That means we're gonna have a busy week, doesn't it? <laughs> we're dude, we're gonna have. That's what I'm saying. We're gonna have such a busy week. All right. All right. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we love you guys. Cool. We're out. Right, peace. Later.